Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. The Brewing Network Sunday Session is brought to you by the badasses at More Beer. Visit them at morebeer.com. Hey, it's Scott the Producer here with the best of the session. First up is the final broadcast that featured call screener, chat moderator, and German extraordinaire Daniela Pearl, who fulfilled those duties for the first two years of the show. It's also Tasty's second ever appearance. Jamil and Sully are in the house. It's from March 2007. Say goodbye to Daniela all over again. Gotta love that song. <laughs> it's the final countdown, Daniela. It is. It's D-Day, JP. Panic in the streets. <laughs> and I've been counting down greatly all day. I'm drunk already. Yeah, we've well, been counting down greatly? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, okay. <laughs> counting down vigorously. It sounds like it. Vigorously. <laughs> you going to get your last uh, drunk of the weekend before you head over to... I'm uh, going to be drunk of the century the way I'm feeling uh-oh. right now. Uh-oh. <laughs> Get the vomit bucket. <laughs> I don't vomit. I'm a German. The vomptum bucket. <laughs> <laughs> you vomptin. <laughs> I think this 
songs enough to make people tune out of this show. <laughs> like, yeah. Before it even starts. She's nice and all, but uh, uh, I'm out of here. Come on, it's Europe. It's kind of like a lunch meat show or a song. <laughs> yeah. It really is. Uh, welcome to the show, everybody. It is D-Day, and it's uh, our last chance to spend a live show with Daniela. There will be much wailing and gnashing of teeth, as they say in the Bible, when things like this happen. They do say that? Well, it was, it, like, things, like, much more important than this, I'm oh. sure. But, <laughs> and your pillar turning to salt and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, my pillar has already turned to salt, actually, JC. <laughs> Figured I'd start early. Turn to mush. Uh, we have a lot of people uh, hanging out in the studio with us today to say goodbye to you, Danielle, and we've got more coming, too. Really? Yeah, lots of people it's are going to come already. and say uh, goodbye to you. Uh, so, uh, I'm already surprised, like, even JC. Jay-Z showed up, and I this know. guy has been away from his family like week after week for the last two months for our show, and I actually, I'll be honest, I didn't even send him like a, hey, Jay-Z, please come for Daniela's last show. Really? Well, because I felt really bad, because I, I know that he'll do it if I did that, and I felt bad, and I figured, hey, he was here, he said goodbye to you a couple right. of times, and then he walks in. So it's crazy. So Jay-Z is <laughs> hanging out with us, and that's That's why exciting. we love Jamil. Yeah. Uh, Mike McDowell, who, uh, who, who hates it here. <laughs> came, to, came to be on. Yeah, on, that's a big deal. <laughs> came to be on your last show, and he brought you two kegs of beer. I know. I've seen it. Yeah. I love him. Which is which is pretty good. Uh, nice to have you, Mike McDowell. Nice to be here. You guys will remember Mike McDowell from a couple of weeks ago, and uh, it's a great guest to have. Which is uh, which brings me to my next point. There's a uh, a few things we're going to be doing on today's show. Uh, most of them will have nothing to do with beer, and, and uh, <laughs> they'll have a lot to do with Daniela and her leaving. But I will do this uh, because I think it's fun to do, and we did this once before actually, where we just kind of had everything wide open. Mm-hmm. So whatever brewing questions you have, uh, feel free to ask them today. Because who knows who's going to work the chat room once Daniela leaves, and half your questions may not even get to us. So <laughs> That's if, true. If you've kind of been storing them up and, and they weren't on topic, so you've been waiting, uh, there is no topic today. So you can ask any brewing question you like. 888-401-BEER is our phone number, plus uh, Skype is working this week, I, I hope. Nice. We'll find out. Uh, but it should be working. And you can you can use both of those uh, to call in and ask any brewing question you like. we got uh, Jay-Z for a while. He's going to be hanging out with us. Mike McDowell is here. Morgan from EJ Fair, yeah. soon to be another brewing company, which yes. we're going to let you in on later. You're going to want to stay tuned for that. Uh, uh, Sean O'Sullivan's coming over. Dr. Scott, uh, he, he actually informed me he might be late today, so don't worry. He had to go to... Uh, like Disney on Ice or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So, McDowell, he, you you should have like a beer just ready for him, okay? Because he's going to be a miserable bastard when he walks in that door. <laughs> he's just spent the last eight hours with you know Mickey and Pluto. Those are the only ones I know. Yeah, that's <laughs> all the important ones. That's not true. I know the names of all of them. I'm lying. Like Ariel. Uh, so uh, he, he will be here uh, in in just a little while, and. Um, and, and, and you can ask him questions, of course, and everybody else is going to be hanging out today. I've got a couple of other surprises. I don't want to reveal everybody who's coming to the show. Uh, so uh, just kind of hang in there and enjoy the great guests that we're going to have today and saying farewell to Daniela. And with that, uh, we're also going to be taking phone calls and Skype calls uh, all night long uh, for whatever wishes you want to give Daniela. Or, or or not, you know, you could. <laughs> you stupid bitch. Maybe there's. Like, <laughs> Should we take a bet on who the first caller is going to be? <laughs> well, it's already on right now. Yeah, well, you got one right now. You but got uh, the timer. I say it's it's Bub or Push, one of the two. I think it's H two. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say yeah? it's H two. Oh, I guess I missed uh, I guess one. you don't have one. Yeah. All right, let's find out. Caller, 
You're on uh, The Session. It's our new uh, Sunday name. What's happening? Hey, Justin. Hey, Daniela. Who are we talking to? Uh, this is Matt in Colorado. Hey, Matt. What's I going on, man? A, I sent you guys a present a couple days ago. Which, Daniela, what present did we get? The gift certificates for the Borders Oh, store. yeah. Daniela stole both of them and spent them all today, <laughs> Matt. <laughs> I did. Oh. Uh, yeah. Did, did she follow my suggestion on what to buy? No, I only bought stuff for myself because I don't care if Justin speaks any German or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Matt sent the, these uh, couple of gift certificates uh, for, for us to go to Borders, and but mine had specific instructions. I, I had to spend it on a German to English, or English to German dictionary, whatever kind of friggin' dictionary, so English I could to learn to speak. <laughs> but no, Matt, she stole them both, so I couldn't even do that. But I had to, Matt. I bought really really awesome books today actually for my career was okay, that a question well that's good <laughs> thank yeah. you so yeah, much I, a, I really I appreciate your question. it oh alright we're starting early go ahead well I'm, I'm curious what this big uh, holy war is about about secondary no secondary I used to be uh, real big into doing secondaries and okay you guys have kind of convinced me that maybe I shouldn't do secondaries you're a good man Matt yeah the holy war is over we won yeah <laughs> the, lazy, won. Okay. The, the lazies won <laughs> <laughs> so it's simply laziness. There's no ben- this is no benefit to doing a secondary. Well, uh, we'll let Jay Z talk about it a little bit. But in but it, to kind of sum it up, for most beers, there's no benefit. There are some. There are a few exceptions. A lot of people will still do it for their uh, loggers, their pilsners, and their hellas and stuff um, to to get a cleaner ferment. But Jay Z, you want to talk about the uh, philosophy behind no secondary? Yeah. Um, boy. Uh, if you're a lot of people think that if you're moving your beer to another container for some reason that this makes it clear faster that's their main thing that and they say that uh, you won't get any off flavors from the yeast breaking down well uh, a couple of things one if you're if you're doing a type of beer where you need to leave the beer warm for a long period of time then yeah you might move it to a secondary or if you're doing like a fruit beer or something like that where you're going to add something in uh, you might do it to get rid of the yeast, and, and the yeast will eventually break down. But for most every other type of beer, uh, you know, the beer is fine, it's he- or the yeast is fine, it's healthy, and, uh, you know, you're going to leave it for, you know, 10 days or two weeks. It's not going to hurt the, the beer to stay with the yeast. It's not going to clear any faster to rack it to another vessel. Uh, you know, that's people's imaginations or something. Um that's about it, uh, and the the big the big reason for not doing it is um, if you you don't want to remove the beer from the yeast too early, uh, you end up with a lot of uh, green apple flavors, things like that, and also uh, every time you make a transfer, you uh, stand uh, you're introducing a little bit more contamination into the process. Good enough. Okay. No, I'm lazy. <coughs> I'm a pretty lazy guy, so yeah. It's, well, it's you know the lazy guys win, but also the uh, the sanitary guys win too because of less chance of contamination. So it's kind of a win win not to have to secondary. Secondary is old school, man, and we're new school here on the yeah. end. Right. Bring in, br- well, bring in, <laughs> Thank you. Thanks okay. for the vouchers again. Yeah, thanks for the okay. gift certificates. That was very nice of you, Matt. Okay, bye guys. Bye, right. Matt. Cheers. Uh, let's see. We already have another question about the secondary. Uh, do the wars of secondary fermentation apply to kegging and bottling as well? And I, I don't know if that means if you should keg or, or bottle. He wants to know if they only apply when kegging or also when you bottle. Ah, I see. I don't I think, think when you're bottling, too. Yeah, I don't think it matters. Yeah. 
I think the idea is that you can still get a pretty clean transfer from your primary if you let it settle out enough and you and you do a good job of taking care of that so you don't got to worry about that and um, you know and kegging doesn't worry kegging the great thing about it if you're kegging is that kegging kind of works as your secondary you're putting it from one to another and and so you're, you're kind of a it's an extra bonus if you keg but you could do it for bottle as well you'll be fine I like thinking of my kegs in one big bottle is that right yeah we got so a lot of other things to get to here in the beginning of the show too let me take one more call and then I'm going to put off the calls until uh, the second segment because we got a lot to do. Also, of course, it's, it'll be Daniela's last, Daniela's World Vigorously. <gasps> the well, last one? Your last live one. Yeah, that's true. You know, caller, you're on uh, the session. What's happening? What is up? Oh. Homegrown hop. Hey, HH, what's happening, brother? Oh, nothing. I finally got my goddamn computer fixed. Oh, boy. Danielle is leaving. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, I saw uh, Homegrown Ops post in the forum. He'd been gone for a few weeks. He comes back, and he's like, what the hell? Now you're gone. So, uh, <laughs> yep, she's out of here, man. It's her last show, so it's a good thing you got it working for today. Yeah, that's yeah, great. Yeah, going to be great. Um, well, I wish you all the luck in the world, Daniela. I hope you have a good time there. And, uh, yeah. Thank you, Homegrown. i able to uh, get through today. Yeah, us too. Uh, and thanks for the call. We'll definitely be uh, keeping in touch with Danielle, of course, and we'll talk more about that later in the show. Thanks, HH. I appreciate it. 888-401-BEERS, our number. Let us do a couple things and then call us in after the break because uh, i got plenty of time to take phone calls and well wishes. And, of course, like I said at the beginning of the show, if you're just tuning in questions uh, from anybody who wants to uh, ask all sorts of beer questions because we got a bunch of people here. Sully just arrived uh, with video, which makes me really nervous. Me too. Uh, so Sully, uh, you're going to need to uh, sign an affidavit uh, for that, and I, I approve all video that leaves the studio. Okay. What does affidavit mean? Uh, affidavit. Affidavit. It's like magicians say it when they're going to pull a rabbit out of their head. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's abracadabra. I'm sorry. That's the same difference. That's yeah. what I thought it meant, actually. Sounds good to me. <laughs> Welcome to Adrian as well. It's yes. not only Sean. No. Here. Well, I, did, I only saw Sully. I was looking right there. So, uh, also, uh, let me make a couple of announcements today. Uh, as soon as I get Skype working, both of those things are doing. So, call in to bid Daniela farewell. Also, it's freebie question show. Ask anything you want. I want to mention that our archive page is now updated. Uh, you folks had asked for a searchable archive database, and you now have it. You can go. When you click the archive page, you're going to find a new interface, and you can choose any of our three shows from there. You can go to the Jamil show, and all his shows will be listed, the uh, Sunday show, and, and of course, JP, you can go to Lunch Meet. Yeah, you can. And uh, instead of all the archives sort of being interspersed on the same page, they now, they now have their own page. There are more archives listed per show, which is uh, or per page, rather, because I know people were angry that there was only like five listed per page, and if you have dial-up, you got to reload 37 pages to find the archive you want. Well, now all you got to do, there's a search field on every archive page, and you just punch in whatever you want. You could punch in Daniela or JP or Jamil, and every show that they've been on will show up right there for you. So they're now searchable. We also have new podcast links. JP Lunchmeat is now its own podcast. I know. You were telling me that, and I'm really happy about that. It's kind of cool. The Meat you know. Pod. <laughs> the Meat Pod is now yeah. up. Jay-Z, I had done, uh, you know, I, I did the new XML for Lunchmeat, mm-hmm. and I was real conservative. I just, you know, like like we do for your show and, and then for the Sunday show, it's thebrewingnetwork.com slash lunchmeat dot xml. And then after I created it, JP's like, well, you should have called it Meat Pod. 
Melon. He's right. <laughs> How cool is that? I so, I so yeah. wish I was that creative. I should have thought of meat pot or meat wad or something like that. Because <laughs> who could forget that? It's a, you, yeah. easy to remember if you yeah. if you can't go to the website to copy and paste the address. I gotta go to the pod, man. Just just punch in meat pod. <laughs> I'm gonna have to put it in the keyword for all of our descriptions so that if you go to iTunes and you punch in meat pod, yeah. I bet you will be the only show that <laughs> shows yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, pretty good chance. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, anyway, lunch meat now has its own uh, RSS feed is what it means and you can put it into your iTunes or any other um, any other subs- uh, subscription program you use the same with the Sunday show that address uh, has changed you know it's always been a podcast but we've now changed it to uh, you'll have to just go look on the page it's sundayshow.xml is the end of it but you just copy and paste there or click the iTunes link it'll take you right there so I hope everybody's enjoying it the forums seem to be pretty happy I don't think oh, there was any yeah. problems since we put it up yet so um, that should be good I could try Skype once more we're getting a call and I'm just getting weird messages Let's from Hey, are you there? Would that be cool? Yeah. All right. I'm going to have to fix Skype at the break because it's not Oh, it would have been interesting to, to hear that person's I don't even know. what family. That was like some other show that was just playing on Skype right there. I don't know. I think it was someone talking to his wife. <laughs> Remember that one call that we got, that voicemail about some guy just yelling at his wife? Yeah, that was, that was a good one. That could have been that one, too. <laughs> I think it was actually Bub, you know, who did that. Hey, Doc. How are you, man? Doing good. Doing good. How was Disney on Ice? It's two hours of hell. <laughs> what I tell you, he's going to be miserable oh, when he gets You here. know, if it wasn't for those two beers at intermission and uh, that, <laughs> they, that little nap in the second set. They serve beer at Disney yeah. on Ice? Oh, I think they have to. Oh, yeah. It's called medicine. Oh, they actually yeah. had a full bar, a semi-full bar. You could get that. But. Excuse me, honey. I'm going to the pharmacy. <laughs> yeah. <it's, laughs> it took a little nap in the second act. That's good. <laughs> but the kids were all stoked, right? They were okay with it. They didn't even think it was that great? No. They were like, Dad, get us a beer, too. It was yeah. It was like a big uh, advertisement for Disneyland. It yeah. Was, it was, we went last year. It was pretty decent. Okay. This was like, geez. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you don't have to go next year. <laughs> yeah. You know? The least, kids are kind of so-so about it. At least you're yeah. done with it now. Yeah. Well, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Well, we're glad to have you, Doc. You made it. Um, and you're just in time. Because it's time for, uh, you know, your favorite part oh, of the show. Feedback. Oh, I'm dead to you, right? Yes. <laughs> Who said that? Who said that? <laughs> <laughs> Who is this person you're referring to? Oh, wait, that's the wrong one. That's Daniela's music. <laughs> Who? Hey, so oh, I thought it was time for that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought she left already. Are you still here? Listen, the same guy, the same, the same guy keeps Skyping me over and over. Stop. <laughs> I just told you, I got to fix it. At th- All right, I'm just going to turn it off. There. Like calling me. Constantly. Who is it? Oh my God! You You've got mail. Kick All right. Uh, as you might have guessed, all the feedback this week's about Daniela. Really? Yeah, is it good or bad? Don't make me cry on my last show. I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of crying today. Are yeah. you going to cry? That's what the chat room wants to know. I told him that you did all your crying already. Yeah. You know, I hope not. But did it get him laid? <laughs> I'll probably cry today. <laughs> I'm There's ask no it. crying in showbiz. That's right. I'm going to be asking everyone to leave. <laughs> Unless it's on the air. <laughs> then it well, makes good radio. You know, I, I was kind of pissed about feedback this week. Cause, oh, uh, really? Well, because I get... Like, I got two different angry Jameels here. Right? This is what I get. Meanwhile, Daniela all week is responding to fan mail. <laughs> yeah, like she comes in to the into the house from work this week, and uh, it's like, oh, how was work? What'd you do? Oh, I responded to fan mail all day. <laughs> 
Wow. And, and all I get is angry Vinnie Puppet and angry Jamil. But it's fan mail about the station. It's your kind of has to do with you, too. Sort of. <laughs> sure, kind of. Sort of, but not. It has to do with you, but I answered them all. Yeah. You you read none of them. Three paragraphs, and oh, by the way, say hi to Justin. So you must be happy that I'm leaving now. All the good energy is going to get it. I don't think so. I think you'll still get it. I think it's going to yeah, yeah, I think I'm just going to get it. Uh, when's Daniela coming back? When's Daniela coming back? <laughs> all right, let me read uh, what the first angry Jamil sent. Uh, Justin, you no talent hack. There was a pool going for how long it would take you to drive Daniela away, and I had a hundred bucks that she would stick around until at least June. <laughs> he lost. He's pissed. Uh, so what did you what did you do to her that pushed her over the edge? If your talents in the bedroom are anything like your talents at the soundboard, well, let's just say I feel sorry for her. <laughs> By the way, I saw you checking me out in the studio last week. Keep that for your weak-ass Friday show. <laughs> I wasn't checking you out, Jamil. You're you're behind the desk anyway. You know the one that will never get. Uh, uh, you know the show that will never get as many listeners as my show, unless you put me on it, of course. But then you have a better chance of bringing Chicken Boy back than you do to get me going on lunch meat. You and JP sure do put the stud into studio, and by stud I mean the metal type on your leather cod pieces. <laughs> Doc, if you ever stay sober enough for another show, I'll personally come to your house and squat over your fermenters. <laughs> He's really angry this week. That's really angry. He's taking out on me. Yeah. <laughs> but you'd probably just add some yeast and enter that anyway. <laughs> Not that anyone would notice. Oh. <laughs> the only way I can be in the same room with you is if you're so drunk that when you talk, you make me sound better when I actually grace your ears with my words. <laughs> wow, Jamil, what's going on here? Uh, uh, he says, uh, who am I fooling? I always sound good. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes, uh, Jamil says, uh, since when do you start allowing JP to come on the Sunday show? Doesn't he have some guy to pick up or something? That kid couldn't brew an award-winning beer if I brewed it for him. <laughs> um, oh, there's a bunch of other angry stuff here. Let's see. Since Daniela, since this is your last show, I'll go easy on you and just say that since you've been here, I've had a reason to listen to the show, other than to make fun of these, quote, brewers. <laughs> when I force my family into another vacation, I'll come visit you and, and let you ask me any five questions about brewing that you want for free. <laughs> Until next time, you all suck from Angry Jamil. Right. Whoa, oh. really angry. Boy, that yeah. had some vinegar in it, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Got him in the wrong mood there, I think. Was he drinking Drake's IPA? <laughs> Could have been. Now, the next one's from Pope Jamil, which they're apparently different people. Of course, it begins, Justin, you no-talent hack. What the hell did you do to make Daniela go back to Germany? <laughs> it's always my fault. Uh, did all of your crying in the bedroom finally get to her? <laughs> These parallels are similar. <laughs> yeah. Or was it the fact that you can't brew a decent beer like a real man? Ooh. Whoa. Ouch. <laughs> if you could brew a decent beer, I'd piss in it to get even with you for this. <laughs> <laughs> of course, the way you brew beer, that would only make it better. Wow. Yeah, I'm telling you. Everyone's real angry, Danielle. Mm-hmm. 
Or maybe it's Doc that's driven her away with his rude comments. <laughs> that could be the case. <laughs> Show you my dip tube. That banjo picking, tooth collecting, goat loving bastard. <laughs> <laughs> tooth collecting. Yeah. I'd love to see a, a necklace that he made of people's molars. <laughs> he says, I'd piss in his beer too, but you'd still drink it. People don't like your beer, apparently. They want to sabotage you. <laughs> and then he says, Mine gut. The show will never be the same. How can I, quote, enjoy myself listening to the Sunday Whoa! show? Oh, if Daniela isn't there. Whoa. <laughs> and you're thinking of replacing her with, G- with JP? His big man boobs are nice, but I can't rub one out to the sound of his voice. <laughs> Sure you can. This is just this is Pope Jamil saying. Uh, you should not read that. He says I'm predicting the folks in the chat room are going to need far less tissues and lube once JP takes over. You bastard! God will f you up for this. Yours lovingly, Pope Jamil. That makes me want to throw up. Me too. Didn't paint a pretty picture in my mind either. No. I'm thinking all this is made up. I think this is you not really so? true. <laughs> I did not send those emails. <laughs> all right, I this, hope you didn't. Those are the only uh, Pope Jamil and Angry Jamil ones I got. Here's another uh, feedback. He says, what the fuck? Typical effing California liberal. Get things started. Get everybody liking you. Build some infrastructure. <laughs> win hearts. Win minds. And then, bam, you go back home. So this one's to you, Danielle. I know. But then he says, just kidding, D, we love you. We love you for what, you're do, uh, what you do for brewing in America. I just have two questions for you. Who's going to fund Justin's little cottage project here now? <laughs> yeah. And, and, he, and two, I probably speak for all the other brew cra- brewcasters in the room. Did you leave enough saran wrap to co- cover the keyboards from Justin's special sauce? Ooh. And now these people these are... Are, uh, disgu- yeah. are these all written by Bub? <laughs> they might be. <laughs> he says, I'm sorry to see you go, D, but you have to follow your dreams. Good luck and... Gemütlichkeit. Gemütlichkeit. Yes, Gemütlichkeit. Prost. From uh, Minnesota Brewer. Thank you, Minnesota Brewer. Uh, here's another one. Uh, to Daniela. Uh, I'm so depressed. Daniela's voice is always such a refreshing break from the childish ramblings of somewhat grown adults. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I don't love childish ramblings, he says. Justin, what did you do? That's <laughs> If you weren't fulfilling her needs, I know plenty of Montana farm boys who can get it done. <laughs> all kidding aside, Danielle, it sounds like you have a great opportunity, and I hope you'll succeed behind beyond all your wildest dreams. Hang in there, Justin. I know it will be hard being uh, apart from a loved one. Best of luck to you both and whatever the future may hold. Looking forward to seeing how the show evolves without the German queen. Oh, that's very nice. And that's from Ryan. And I like that he pays sympathy to you, too. <laughs> Yeah, there's lots of sympathy. Justin going can use a Montana form, boy. Yeah, sympathy. <laughs> and they didn't offer me any of that. I think the new chat room host should be a Montana farm boy. <laughs> Could be. Yeah, All JP. Right. What do you think about that? <laughs> He's getting very happy over there. Got a big smile on his face. Huh? <laughs> All right, Doc. Last one's just a general. Uh, general props to the BN, so you'll like this. Oh, good. Uh, he want, his, his question uh, to begin with is, what is BN? He says, I've been brewing uh, for close to two years now, and I'm a proud member of the BR- BN Army for almost as long. I just got around to entering my first competition, the Regal and Dreadhop. And uh, he says he brought home the blue ribbon for his APA. 
There were over 240 entries and 18 in the APA. It says, I learned a ton from the session, and, and the proof is right there. So thank you all, and that's from a Brancid in the forum. And he just wanted to thank us for Cool. Got a blue ribbon, Doc. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's there good. Go. Ring the for, bell. Especially for the first uh, competition. Yeah, exactly. And 18 entries, that's nothing to well, shake a yeah, stick that's, at. That's a pretty tough category, too. Yeah. So good work on the uh, on the APA and the BN bringing it strong, giving you good advice. So I like that. Thanks for the props. Thank you, everybody, for writing in this week and, and every week. You can send feedback to feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com. And uh, if it makes me sound like an ass or if it's just funny, we'll read it. And that's kind of the rule around here. <laughs> you know? uh, Daniela got a bunch of nicer ones. If you go to our forum, I'm going to do a little forum read later because I think a lot of people listen and they don't use our forum. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want them to know some of the cool stuff that happens in there. And, and uh, Daniela, the thread they've written about you since you announced you're leaving last week is pretty impressive. Yes. Yeah. I, it How got, many pages is it on now? It's I don't four. know. But it, it got me crying, really. It was heartwarming. All the sincere wishes for me and what people had to say about me. It, that was just really I was at work reading most of it and I was just like my best friend Silky she works with me she would just sit there and see that I burst out in tears again because I just read something nice I really want to thank everybody so much for that Um, if it it was the toughest choice in my life so far I think to leave at this point of my life not just because I'm here with you Justin because I'm awesome because you're <laughs> quote unquote awesome because <laughs> yeah, I'm a winner also because of the Brewing Network really that made it really hard on me and you know we've talked about it for so long and we've tried to come up with ways how I could still be involved in the whole thing and I think we're going to be fine we're going to have you know I'm going to be part of this still yep. I won't be on a live show but as I said, that's growth, you know, that's growth, that's improvement, that's yeah. change, that's all good. So that's right. really, to everybody out there, thanks so much. That was, I don't know, that's like, you know, people always say that you measure how important your job is in the money you get paid for it. But I totally disagree with that. It's what you get back as a feedback. This pays more than if you give me $5 million. And this is not why I'm leaving. I'm not leaving for the money. I'm leaving for an opportunity because that's just what matters. And all the words, there are more than whatever. You could give me $5 million and I'd rather have the words that people get. I'd rather me. have the $5 million. Yeah. Me, I was just going to say, me. do you see how well I've brainwashed her that money doesn't matter? It's all about the positive <laughs> feedback we get on the VN. So don't worry about giving me all your money to keep this going. Yeah, because once I convince her that positive <laughs> feedback is what makes us rich... Like yeah. We've been loaded ever since. <laughs> well, you know the Germans are are, are, are are very sensitive to brainwashing. You know? yeah. Look, you guys, we're really the best kind of race ever. Um, uh, blonde, hair, blonde hair, blue eyes all the way. Um, crystal knocked. Ready to go. And I want to say that 88 people are chatting with me currently, which is just amazing. There's a lot of people. JP, how many do you have on lunch meet usually in your chat room? Um, like 15. <laughs> oh, you are such a liar. I, swear I know God. it's like, like No, three. like 15 to like 19. <laughs> Fifteen and a half. Yeah. Okay. Like, and that in my head, you? I have four. You are locked on through like ten different names, aren't you? <laughs> Caller, you're on the session. What's happening? The session. That's our name. Really? He's been is saying that, it for two weeks. Session? It's the session now. It's the Sunday session. I'm going to be having well, my I own Sunday session caller, soon. I couldn't, I couldn't type beer fast enough in the phone. Ah, yeah, that's <laughs> it. Is tough to do. Who are we talking to? <laughs> this is Ryan H2. Hey, what's happening, brother? Was that what's you guys? Skyping me uh, seven times in a row? What, what's that? Was that you Skyping me all over the place? Uh, no, I'm, I'm not a Skype guy. I don't have a headset to try out yet. Okay. Wow. He said head. What's happening, brother? Not much, guys. I just uh, wanted to call and, uh, and wish you the absolute best. And uh, 
And I am looking for a German consultant in California if she's interested. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Brian, aren't you a Texas farm boy? Yeah. Uh, no, well, I'm a California guy. I was born in San Diego. You were? Yeah. Where'd you get that stupid accent from? <laughs> <laughs> the head trauma. Because I've been living in Texas for a long time now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Oh, it's nice of you to call, though. I appreciate that. Thanks, Brian. Yeah, you bet, guys. Take hey, care. You got someone to visit now in Munich, so it's not all bad. Yeah, you're coming yeah. in November, right? Yeah, I'm coming in November. We got a show in November out there. There you go. Perfect. Did you get, Brian, did you get the conicals filled? Uh, now I'm working on boiling water now. Oh, you are? You doing it today? Yep. Yeah, I'm brewing right now. Oh, beautiful. All right, call us back. Let us know how it's going. Cool, man. We'll catch you later. Thank you. All right, it's time for uh, everybody's favorite part of the show, and the last time we get to do it, you know. Live. Live, isn't it? For a time, yeah. yeah. Maybe. Maybe it'll be up at 2 in the morning. You know, I had your new... Oh, there it is. We're doing your new intro. No, we're doing my old, aren't we? No, we'll do your old as an outro. Ooh. And we'll do your new one as an intro. That way you get to please everybody. Can I have the final countdown? <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you want? No, I don't have it. <laughs> it's time, everybody, for Daniela's World. you make you happy? It does. It makes me bounce around. We're going to have to play it later when everyone starts wailing. <laughs> Fastenzeit is Bockbierzeit. I agree. Right. That's my segment today. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Right. Sounds good. <laughs> Keep it so, up. As we all know, Germans love themselves a good, strong lager. Currently, we are celebrating the fifth season in Bavaria, the Bockbier season. Historically, Bock beer was developed to be able to store the beer for a longer period of time. Developed in northern Germany first, Bavaria quickly picked up the style and has now become the biggest producer of Bock beer in Germany. Important to know is that Bock beer is not named after a male goat, which would be the literal translation of Bock. Oh, I thought that was it. No, it's named after the city uh, Einbock, which, which first came up with the style. So okay. now we know that. You've learned something. Okay. In developing the style further, the monasteries have a very important role as the German saying, Flüssiges bricht fasten nicht, which means liquid does not break your fasting. Of course it does. Yeah. <laughs> what? I knew that. It sounded like you were talking backwards. Right? <laughs> <laughs> the monks, not too busy without a task, were able to brew all day, write down recipes, and talk about brewing. Historically, the monks needed the authorization of the Pope, as the Pope was really concerned about the monks indulging too much. So the Pope had the Bavarian monks send him some bock beer over to Rome. Now you can imagine, the little barrels were shaken up constantly, exposed to sunlight on their journey to Italy. So when the Pope got to try the bock beer, it was already sour, so he couldn't see why somebody would enjoy the taste and approve the request. Little did he know how awesome fresh bock beer actually tastes. Mm. So he only uh, authorized the, the, the German monks to brew it because he thought it was totally disgusting stuff. Really? So this is how we got the great bock beer. That's great. Yeah. I don't know. It Yay sounds like uh, yeah. I'm not really sure you ought to be able to drink that. Uh, send me a couple of kegs. <laughs> yeah, I'll check this out. It does sound like that. And, uh, keep sending me some uh, once a year, and uh, just for me to make sure it's okay for you to drink this and uh, 
be true. religiously well, pure. Well, if the Pope says so, I it mean, does sound a bit like that. <laughs> Something I would do. There you go. <laughs> so the monks of the monastery in the Au, which is a little a part of Munich, developed a certain specialty for the time they had to do. Uh, they had to fast the so-called doppelbock, the well-known Salvata doppelbock, and I think you all know the Salvata, right? Yeah. You do. You call it Salvatore. Well, it's Salvatore. Salvatore. That doesn't sound German even. Sounds. It's Latin. Oh, okay. Yeah. It does sound Latin. <laughs> Dummy. <laughs> <laughs> so the well-known Salvata doppelbock was brewed to honor the monastery boss Franz von Paola, and the same recipe is still being brewed in our days. Actually, mm-hmm. famous bock beers from Munich region are, for example, the Salvator, the Triumphator, the Maximator, which you like a lot because from our favorite um, brewery Augustiner. Yeah. The Animator, the Optimator, the Unimator, and the Delicator. Wow. Yeah. As I said, it is. I think that Vinny stole the old shun. Things sure from he did. these yeah. people. <laughs> Sounds like porn names. You know? You do that same like ending of all your beer names. Yes. <laughs> well, he's faster. just a very traditional brewer, isn't nah, he? He is, that's true. He even said that on the air. Yeah. So as I said, it is Buck Beer season currently in Munich. I, me personally, will be going to several events such as the um, Salvator Festival, the Maximator Festival, and the Triumphator Party. I'm gonna be very busy in the next couple of weeks. Most of them officially kick off uh, this weekend, I believe, and I'm going to have a really great time. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Breaking our hearts. Yeah, no kidding. You don't even start work this week, right? So you have I like don't. this weekend to get drunk and stupid, and then you have to show up for your first day of work. Yeah, but next week they're going to understand that it's buck beer season. Like they know. <laughs> I mean, what are they going to do? That's a pretty good deal. <laughs> bothers me that they have beer holidays there. <laughs> Not that they have beer holidays, but that like everybody at work there understands it, and we show up, you know, hungover, and it's like, oh, yeah. oh, you're bad. Yeah. You know. <laughs> What's wrong with you? So it's, I smell like beer. Yeah, it's a Great American Beer Fest week. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. It's, I need, I need em, 10 days off. Employers everywhere should paid respect asses. Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be paid. Yeah, it does. Somebody says there should be a beer called the Poopinator. I agree. <laughs> As we're complaining about this, Morgan and and Sully are just laughing at us because they have the job in America that does respect beer festivals. <laughs> True. If there's a beer festival and they show up uh, the next day drunk, it is completely acceptable and respected. And you can't smell it on them because it's a brewery. It friggin' everything smells like beer. That's true. You know, it's actually expected. It is expected, right? <laughs> oh, I gotta go to work. Hang on, let me pour beer all over myself. I've been around Morgan though, like the day after. After a festival, he does smell like a brewery. He's sure he one does. of those guys. Like it's all in his beard and stuff, and it, it hangs in. It, it hangs around. Well, he just believes that a quick dip in the holding tank will sober him up. <laughs> yeah, and then he's fine. Uh, we're going to hear from Morgan uh, later about a uh, new uh, project he's working on. So hang in there. We're going to be doing that soon. Actually, maybe even in the in the next segment. Is that the end? That's the end. I just want you to know that I'm going to have a great time. Are you going to send us pictures? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm definitely going to send pictures. Roving drunken I'm going to do some. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to yeah. deliver some drunken reports. Good. Sing us your song one last time. That's not you singing. I don't know the words. What? I told you the words. Yeah. That sounds like a foreign language to me. Yeah. Definitely. Now let, yeah. let it play. Oh, sorry. Now we go. Ah, Jay-Z knows that one. Dreimal hat's gebracht. Boom, boom, boom. Schützenleser. Very nice. Well, 
Well, Daniela, it's been a pleasure with your live world vigorously. You're going to have to record some for us. I will do that. All right. We don't want to hear too much about all the fun at the festivals. You don't? Well, give us all the information about the festivals, but leave out the part about how much I'm fun you're having. I'm actually planning on doing live recording from drunken Germans and Europeans from all over the place. Wouldn't that be great? Oh, that'll sound awesome. Sounds like Oh, that was a German talking very much a drunkenness about the Doppelbach. Oh, okay, good. It's like the last half hour of the show. Yeah, great. pretty much the same. You're right, you don't have to uh, do all that work. We'll just keep playing the last half hour of our show. Wow. Now we're at 100 people chatting with me currently. Okay. Is that a record? Yes. I'll also tell you. Are they you chatting with I... each other or just to you? It's like some webcam advertisement. Come be one of 100 people chatting with me right now. <laughs> Most people online ever. You're just jealous, JP. Maybe. <laughs> Bitch. Oh, wow. You're allowed to be angry today. Yeah. It's no wonder they deliver. Wow. That's right. This is great. <laughs> all right. Here's what we're going to do. I got a lot of things planned today. we got a few surprises for Daniela she doesn't know about. Uh, we're going to uh, uh, be playing those for you a little bit later today, so I want you to hang out for that. You can ask any beer questions you want today. we got a lot of brewers in the room, so we're going to just kind of open the phones and do the whole thing. I'm going to try to get Skype working uh, right now at the break so that you guys a, can call in with that, too. i got a beer question. You do? Yeah. You have to wait. Damn it. <laughs> JP, can you... we're going to take a break. Can you do me the drunken German prince tonight? Maybe. <laughs> well, my beer question's real quick. You sounded really sad. Maybe. <laughs> beer question's real Why isn't Daniela drinking a beer? Yeah, that's a good question. Why is she drinking a mimosa? <laughs> Why because I like. You? I like. It's nice. <laughs> she gets a pass. She uh, gets a pass to drink whatever she wants, and I'm going to give a disclaimer right now. I'm going to uh, just claim that I, myself, get a pass. I have a feeling I'm going to be drunk of the week this week. I'm just going to keep drinking. Really? Yeah, nice. i got to drink the sorrows away. It's been a rough week, you know. Aww. And you're leaving tomorrow, so I'm going to get drunk and retire. <laughs> so, naked. so the only difference from Scott. last week is the drunk part, <laughs> drunk part yeah. you know. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, questions and calls from you. Uh, a little bit from the forum I'm going to read you. And uh, lots of brewers in the room that we're going to get to meet. So hang in there, everybody. It's the session. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, More Beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. MoreBeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of The Buzz, The Forum, The Learning Center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer. Bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Nico, listen, our lawyer said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months and to the next meeting. Kids. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines. I'm the professional. <clears throat> 
Hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment 10 years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Hell or High Watermelon Wheat Beer at Brew for Your Die IPA in the Northeast, Northwest, parts of the Midwest, and Alaska in cans and on draft. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in the can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. A vial of White Labs yeast is the key to your best beer. When you open a vial of White Labs yeast, you're giving your beer its best chance for a perfect fermentation. In addition to their already incredible variety of yeasts, White Labs is proud to announce WLP 90, San Diego's Super Yeast, now available year-round. WLP 90 is super clean, super fast fermenting, with low esters and has a neutral flavor and aroma profile. It's alcohol tolerant and highly flocculent. For more of the latest White Labs news, click over to whitelabs.com, where you can read reviews of yeast, learn in the lab section, and join the customer club. And if you should find yourself in San Diego, White Labs has a brand new training facility for craft brewers and home brewers alike. Whitelabs.com. Discover yeast, nutrients, enzymes, and more for commercial breweries, home brewers, and homebrew stores. White Labs. It's all in the vial. By popular vote from the Northwest Brewing News, HopTech has been voted the best homebrew shop in Northern California. Serving homebrewers for nearly 30 years in Dublin, California, HopTech carries more than 40 different kinds of hops and more than 60 different grains. Malt extract, spices and sugars, hop oils and extracts. Open every day except Wednesday or shop online anytime at hoptech.com or call 1-800-DRY-HOPS, 1-800-379-4677. With in-store classes almost every Saturday, huge selection and a dedicated commitment to their customers, HopTech is one of the longest running and passionate homebrew stores, period. And now, by popular vote, the best homebrew shop in Northern California. And don't forget their 15% military discount. HopTech. Visit today at HopTech.com. This is the best of the session. Now, on to November 2008, when Master Ninja wine consultant and homebrewer Shea Comfort gave everyone a crash course in how to use wine yeast and oak in your brewing. The home of live beer radio. TheBrewingNetwork.com Because like beer, radio You're listening to the Brewing Network. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. All right, welcome back. 
Welcome back to the program, everybody. A lot of folks hanging out now. We're having a good time. All right, Shay, help me learn a little bit about yeast here, if you would. And I think a good place to start, um, because I, I found through uh, some pre-interviews uh, that you will use wine yeast from time to time in your brewing. So I thought maybe a good place to start is, um, you know, what's the difference between wine yeast and beer yeast? Because I've never used wine yeast, and frankly, I'm not sure why I wouldn't. Uh, so maybe you could uh, help us figure that out. Yeah, that's a really good setup. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, no, that's, no, that's really nice because that's exa- I'm. I started out doing uh, beer for a long time, and then did a whole series of meads, and all of the mead books is my first kind of uh, introduction to you know wine yeast. Okay, and there's a whole another greatness guess. So I know there's beer yeast, and then oh, you use all the books for winemaking. And we talk about you use these other yeasts that you never see in any of the brewing brewing side of things. I'm like, mm, okay, there's two different kinds of yeast, and you kind of infer that, and you kind of move on with the books tell you, and you go on from there. And then as you kind of keep going, you start reading and doing more research. You get deeper, deeper into it. You start paying attention. You realize uh, they're all Saccharomyces cerevisiae. <laughs> okay, it's all the same strain. You know, and so what's really interesting, well, not the same strain, but the same yeast. And so what's interesting about that is you kind of step back, you will, well, then why is this one considered for beer? This, why is this one considered for wine? You yeah. know, and when I say wine, I mean uh, both uh, grapes and then uh, fruit and mead are okay. kind, of, kind of across the board. So basically what it comes down to is that the yeast are obviously, you know, very uh, complex in the compounds that they're putting off. And there's, uh, there's a specific type of differentiation between the two of them and the first one is that the types of sugars that they can break down and ferment uh, glucose sucrose uh, fructose they can kind of uh, all handle that pretty straightforward okay uh, some yeast are either going to be more um, fructophile or, or more into the glucose glucose is easier fructose is a little bit harder it's more sweeter more annoying to deal with okay and some yeast are a bit more fructophile you know, a lot of times if, if you start to poop out, then they'll leave fructose behind, kind of a deal. That's more on the fruit-based side of things. But when you get into, like, maltotriols and the other things that are in malt-based fermentations, um, that's a whole another level of complex sugars. And over time, what's happened is that different yeast have and a different ability to be able to just have the enzymes and have the, the different uh, metabolic pathways to break down those sugars for themselves and to be able to then ferment them. Okay. And so the ones that were successful at doing that got repitched and got reused. So it just so happens it could have been, a, I hesitated to say a mutation, but it was a variation of possible potentials like like Neanderthals and Homo sapiens, etc. Sure. All sorts of potential options that nature throws out there, and in this environment type of a situation, uh, the ones that could handle those other sugars and malt-based fermentation did well, and they basically got selected. Okay, and, very Darwinian. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, we're still doing that. I mean, I'm thinking about dog breeds and how we just, you know, we 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 end up picking the mutations that we like and keep breeding that, and not just dogs, any sorts of animals. All right? of so, our all of our produce, yeah, all of yeah. our fruit trees, yeah. all of the roses all of the grafting all of the I mean you you look man just manipulates that you know all the time just by selecting one over the other you've now caused a selection right and it's it's a bit redundant to selection there but yeah yeah so the bottom line is that between those two things um, the ones that can handle the malt based ones can handle the other sugars by themselves and then the ones that can't are not really such a great idea because um, just on a pure fermentation point of view they'll go back and they'll leave you know up to 10% uh, residual sugar left in your ferment because they just can't handle those sugars. So okay. that's kind of the main one. 
Another layer, when you step back from that, when you look at wine yeasts, there are other um, esters and compounds and other um, uh, phenols and things that they're dealing with within the fruit that comes off. And the main one is what they call uh, phenol off flavor. That's POF, they refer to it as. And it's basically, it's a medicinal, kind of like um, funky... Uh, Band-aid... Yeah, but it's a but it's a very low level. It's not like that's the difference. It's funny because uh, I'm actually a consulting winemaker, and after doing the beer and then the mead, um, I've just been really focused on the wine for probably like I think eight years now, okay. primarily in helping uh, Olin and everyone at the More Beer uh, start the More Wine side of things, mm-hmm. really focusing with that, and that's the side of things that really opened my eyes to the yeast. Okay. Because the information for yeast and winemaking is is absolutely critical, and it's very very technical and very clear. It's funny the beer guys have the sanitation in spades. Yeah, you guys know that like nobody's business how to handle stuff. Sanitation, it's all solid. But the amount of uh, general information or knowledge out there uh, dealing with yeast is kind of voodoo ish. You know, I've noticed there's a big disconnect. And then the wine guys, they really know yeast and they really know what's going on. And there's a lot of other microflora happening going on there with the malolactic bacteria, et cetera. So they're very aware about microbiology going on. And you've got SO2 and a low pH. So they're a little bit more lax about the pH side of things, which is interesting. You know, and so when you have a foot coming from beer, understanding sanitation, what's going on, and then having a stop by between mead and then going into the wine side of things you've now and you go back and you start doing the information just try to handle and get learn better and go more from there you start realizing that it's all the same bug there's all these separate things going on and they just either make these other flavors or they don't so of all of the wine yeasts they get the pof they do a typing when they first get a new saccharomyces cerevisiae so coming into a lot and they say okay are you good for you don't make a lot of funk you don't make a lot of sulfur you're good with fermenting down you can handle alcohol up to you know 14 whatever percent whatever and you can go from there so you seem to be a contender and so then they do the, the pof testing okay so if you're pof negative then theoretically, oh, you'd probably be pretty good for most standard malt-based fermentation. So then they run him on those trials. Okay. So that's that's not a dead end for you know for the um, for the wine side of things, but definitely is for the beer side of things. Well, of the wine yeasts that make all sorts of interesting, great fruit and ester and really complex, gorgeous flavors, along with lots of structure, a lot of mouthfeel potential going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, polysaccharide matter protein production. Different yeasts are making these gorgeous mouthfeel things happening. Um, really impactful. What's interesting is that uh, a select few of these are indeed POF negative. Okay. So that's so what we're getting at here. So they're good for beer. Absolutely. Well, they're good for beer on the one hand in that it's you look at this as like a palette. So instead of just dealing with like a box of 12 crayons, you've got a box of 64. Yeah. You've got shades and <laughs> options and other things going on. But with that comes a, a, a little bit of a caveat, and you have to understand what you're working with. Okay. Most wine yeasts... Um, they are not really good at all at being able to then convert the maltotriose. Okay. Okay. That's the big problem with there. So if you use just a plain wine yeast that's POF negative, uh, he'll ferment fine, he'll do fine, but then he'll leave a lot of residual sugar. Okay. There won't be any funky flavors. There'll be fruit and kind of crazy interesting like uh, wine-like or peach or cherry or berry or other things coming off. It's like, whoa, you know, coming off. It's just gorgeous, really, really useful. But... You know, you have to kind of step back and go, do I want all of that as the impact or do I want partial that for the impact? Okay. So let me, and, and you're probably getting to this, but it sounds to me that maybe this is where the, the blending comes in hand. Would you want to use a beer yeast then along with the wine yeast? But, but before you answer that, is there a wine yeast then 
um, or is there a, only a handful of wine yeast that you really could use and only use that and not have to use a beer <laughs> yeast per se that you would get a still a nice dry beer like we're used to it, it without leaving the residual sugar? Is there a yeast that could do that? Um, short answer is no. Okay. Okay. Of the wine side of things. Uh, again, it's pretty much across the board. The maltotriose and the complex sugars, they're not going to be able to handle. Okay. But what's really easy to do is that what I want to get at, there are, I'll just throw them out pretty quickly. You can find them on any uh, wine catalog. There's basically six strains that are quote-unquote wine strains. Okay. Okay, and I'll just read them off, and but then I'll also explain what's the caveat behind something else that I'll introduce as well. There's one called 71B. There's one called EC1118. That's a champagne yeast. There's one called K1V1116, so that's 1116. He's another standard white wine yeast. There's one called GRE, and that's a red wine yeast. There's one called BM45, and that's a red wine yeast. And there's one called L2226, and that's another red wine yeast. Who so, makes these yeasts? Uh, Lalamond and Enofirm. So if you go to lalamond.com, uh, L-A-2-L-E-M-A-N-D, Com. These guys, uh, they produce a lot, uh, wine yeast and beer yeast and uh, a lot of the, um, the bacteria and a lot of the nutrient sets for them and a lot of research for them. So mostly fermentation. Okay. Uh, both beer very strongly and also they, the Alcohol Institute. Is it Siebel? I'm not sure if those are the same. I'm not sure either. It's a bit of my ignorance. I, did, I didn't double check that. But uh, Lalamon actually just bought you know that side of uh, the business added that to their portfolio okay. because of the whole uh, fuel technology and distillation and going from there. So they really have very clear feet in both worlds, and along with distillation, so both wine and beer and this. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they basically produce these out. So any homebrew supply shop or any winemaking supply shop will have these yeasts. But they're these are the nice thing about most of these is um, these are very easy to find. At least four out of these six at any winemaking shop. Okay. Shop. And uh, you know, would you maybe since we need to keep it a little more general, it's our first lesson. Um, yep. Could I use any of these and expect, you know, kind of the same results? I mean, maybe you would know exactly which one you uh, wanted to use. No, trust me, you would know as well. I would know as well. Okay. Yeah, and I'll get there real quick. Great. Okay. Yeah. So the this is the one difference that's that's important about all of these yeasts that doesn't seem to be present uh, in the information on the brewing side of things, uh, outside of the pros, I guess. Um, all the amateur stuff I can find, it's I, I don't see it, so I... I I don't see it for those. Most people I talk about it, you know, the beer guys are kind of blink, blink, you know, so it's like, you know, on the wine side of things, it's actually fairly well known. It's part of the standard catalog. When you look at the Lalamont catalog or anyone else at this, you look at the classification, it gives you temperature ranges. Like the White Labs, you know, gives you your flocculation, your temperature mm-hmm. ranges. There. Well, in addition to that, there's also a part uh, for the quote-unquote wine yeast. Uh, there's another factor for, they call it the, the, the competitive factor. Okay? So what's important to know about these yeasts, uh, all, pretty much all the Saccharomyces cerevisiae, you know, is that, and other ones too have it, but for of the ones we're using for both wine and for beer, is that um, there are three classifications that they go through as well when they type them. So you're doing the POF negative thing or positive, that's a separate thing. How well he handles the sugars, that's a separate thing. Another thing what they're doing too is that some of these yeasts have the ability to create a certain protein. Okay. And that protein is part of a ferment. It's pretty much like a defense mechanism. And what that protein does is that its enzyme goes into the me- the medium, whatever they're fermenting, and other yeast uh, has the effect of other yeasts are, uh, can be affected by that if it's in their makeup, and it will literally uh, stop a fully rolling 
fermentation vessel within 12 hours. Okay. Dead. So the three classifications are killer, neutral, or susceptible. Okay. okay. Which it. is also competitive, um, yeah, com- like active, competitive, neutral, or none, or think whatever thing. But it's pretty much the same thing. Okay. So all beer yeast can be considered susceptible. All of it is. Yes. Okay. Pretty much across the board, in general, all beer yeasts are considered susceptible. Okay. All right. Now, on the wine side of things, um, of those six that I mentioned, okay, seven one B is considered uh, susceptible. You know, so this, all of those other five: the EC triple one eight, the K one V triple one six, GRE BM forty five, and L twenty two twenty six. Those guys are all killer. Okay. Okay. What that means is that if you are starting a fermentation and you use somebody else, any of the beer yeast, and you pitch this guy at the same time, uh, your beer yeast will be gone. <laughs> in 12, Within 12 hours. Game over. Gotcha. Oh, yeah. Gone. So then you, you're looking at, okay, how do, I, how do I get the flavors that I want? How am I working with this? And so you basically have, um, the problem is, is that these guys will kill all the beer yeast. Your beer yeast will be able to take out that multi-trials. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. then there's just a, how do I get rid of these sugars? Right. Know? So then it comes down to welcome to the beautiful world of enzymes. Okay. And then so there is, uh, Crosby Baker has, um, it's um, amylase uh, glucosidase. It's called Convertase AG300. It's basically like an alpha amylase and beta amylase. It's uh, aspergillus, I think it is, uh, Niger. It's one of the guys they're doing for, and they're able to basically cleave all of the starches and complex sugars and knock it down to like glucose and sucrose. I see. And everybody can ferment, I mean, literally bone dry. So this Convertase is going into the mash. No. No. That's the beauty of this. Like you can do that. It's You could have done it in a mash. But okay. The problem is that different enzymes, different ones of these, like well, you guys know that because you got, if you mash out too high, sure. you're killing the lower ones and you're getting more complex chains left behind. Okay. You know, between the alpha and the beta amylase, there's very specific temperatures. And when you guys raise the temperature up, you denature the enzyme and then that, that, that static property is gone. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, the nice thing about this one is that uh, he actually gets denatured uh, circa, I think it's like 104 degrees. Okay. So the beauty of him is that you do your mash like normal, right? And then in your fermentation, literally, you pitch the yeast and you just bloop, add them right in there, stir it in, and then sugars get cleaved and game on. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, so what does that have to do about, uh, say, your, your mouthfeel, uh, things yep. like that? Is right. It, right, right, right. We're going to. Be careful on that. You absolutely have to be careful for that. And also, I was actually thinking, you mentioned that sweet potato beer. Yeah, that's all starch, you know, as well. So, Which, What is that, JP, that you were talking about? He was going to use sweet potatoes to make that beer. The, um, yeah, the, the yams, the, mm-hmm. you know, uh, right. doing that beer that uh, Patrick did, you know, the autumn starch. Yep. Starch will be cleaved yeah. to the sugar. Well, he bakes them, I think, okay. to convert them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. he'll, he'll bake them to convert them. But, um, he also caramelize the sugars that way, yeah. too. So I, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. But if you wanted to do that without that, I mean, basically across the board, all starches, all fermentation, you know, boom, these guys will make any yeast be able to take everything down to zero. Interesting. Zero, which is good and bad. Right. You know, so if you, you want to go to zero, you go to zero. So if you don't want to go to zero, then how you work with it is you basically run your mash off, you know, go off into... Um, you know, on the boil team, and you have to do two separate fermenters. Okay. So I would do like wow. one third. You know, one third is, you know, the one that, that gets left alone with the standard beer yeast or just the wine yeast without. If you want to use the same wine yeast with the same impact across the board, but remain the sugars because he can't eat the 10%. Right. So he will be your body and your mouthfeel left. The other guy, you're basically adding into the fermenter, and he's fermenting dry, dry, dry. Yep. And you blend them after, and since you're crashing out cold, you're not going to get activity anyway. So because things are going to drop out. Used to sleep and dropping it out. Okay. Yep. Interesting. So, 
What a great answer to my question, by the way, Shake. So you don't have to blend it with beer yeast. You really could just use the wine yeast, but you do have to do something about that residual sugar, and the convertase is one way to do it. If you want, like um, a lot of this information I got verified from this guy, Tobias Fishborn. You know, it's the guy who invented uh, several myces. Yeah. Up at Lalamond. Yeah, he's actually a friend of mine and a really, really great guy. And I just finally, I knew I was coming on the show, you know, and so I, I've been... There's another guy, Clayton Cohn, who's the main Lalamon yeast guru guy for like 40-something years. I mean, he, okay. he's literally forgotten more than I'll ever know. I mean, <laughs> See. this guy's amazing, you know. So he's like, oh, yeah, I was working in this plant. I remember way back when we were typing these things. And then, do you know about that? And I was like, oh, what, what? No idea. And I'm just writing things down. I don't even bother to stop him and clarify because I'll, <laughs> cause I'll come back later. Because, yeah. you know, I'm, I don't even know what I don't know when I talk to him. I don't want to stop That's him. fantastic. So <laughs> Toby, Toby's the one who, Tobias is the one who basically uh, confirmed a lot of this and said they've already run. Um, they've done most of their stuff using 71B wine strain, uh, 30% hem and 70% because he's neutral. So he's, I'm sorry, he's susceptible. So he won't fight with with the wine yeast or with the beer, beer yeast. They're okay. both fine. So they're doing like a, uh, there's one German uh, wheat beer facility that's doing with the champagne yeast as a part of it, but they're doing partial ferment in one lot and they're doing another lot and they're blending afterwards. Okay. And there's another one that's doing one with the 71B um, in a different, like kind of a lighter, uh, kind of a funky kind of specialty beer. And those can be pitched directly because the two guys will play together, you know, so roughly 30%, 70% kind of a thing, 70% quote unquote beer yeast. You know, and 30% of the others, so there's some residual body left over, but you're getting some whiny character from the wine yeast, and those two can just go right into the fermenter and, and go and be fine. Happy to play together. Yeah, yeah. So it's just that one yeast, the 7-1-B, that's a susceptible yeah. of the six that you mentioned. Right, yeah. Okay. Now, so here's maybe a question that can get us started with, now that we know the, the ways we can do it, yep. why would I do it? And, and, on what, oh, yeah. and, and on what kind of beer... Do I want to use wine yeast on? Now you mentioned a lot about these fruit characteristics and complex characteristics. Yeah. Does that limit the kind of beer, or could I do this on anything? I, I mean, if you're not too mm, too traditionally minded, I think in a sense, and I, I don't know how, I don't know how what what camps of. Um, mm, well, we're pretty wide open. You mean, you know, if I wanted to brew to style? Yeah, you know, I, I've got a feeling I've kind of seen, you know, there's people who talk about how only do it this way, learn it for the styles. The people who get a little bit kind of more shoot from the hip. And I don't mean to imply that this, this does it one way or the other. Sure. But I think it can work for both. Okay. And so my way to approach this is that uh, the thing that opened my eyes to, to what was going on with these other, you know, non-beer yeasts uh, was the meat experiments. And so... Going from the beer, we're going through, we had all these, you know, quote unquote wine yeast, and there was always mead, you know, yeast, but we had all these wine yeast that theoretically could have been used for mead, and nobody knew anything about them. They always represented only like one or two potential yeast. I'm like, what about this whole other 40 something in this Lalamont catalog that, you know, that Scott has or Inquiry has and all these other yeasts? I'm going, like, why? why don't we try these in the meat? Why don't these get talked about? You know, mm-hmm. I thought there's so many options I wanted to know. So we did two sets of experiments, and uh, we used the same uh, basic honey base, and um, we wound up using, um, I think it was just like a standard wildflower honey, kind of neutrally kind of standard. You know, honey is great because it's basically just uh, floral and sweet and pretty simple and not a lot of nutrition, not a lot of substrates for other things to be formed. So anything other than honey flavors, floral honeys, you know, you know is coming only from the yeast at that point. Okay. Right? Yeah. So then we did uh, just kind of across the board. Um, same base and had uh, eight different uh, wine yeasts in 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 there, and then the second round of that was then to do okay the same 
yeast in uh, different honeys to see, okay, how do you play in the different medias? So like star thistle honey, orange blossom honey. Uh, I think there was like, um, it's like buckwheat, and there's like two or three other ones. Uh, the star th- yeah, I missed star thistle already. But there's basically all uh, raspberry, blackberry with the other ones, and sagebrush. And okay. so it's interesting, really kind of like across the board possibilities, what was going on and what was going to happen. What I found, which was really fascinating, is that on the wine side of things for these yeast, in general, you had um, one strong classification of flavors and what you can um, uh, expect to have happen Mm -hmm. across the board. Uh, Anything that was considered uh, a white uh, yeast, which was kind of cool, he made flavors in in the honey base. Now, remember, we're just talking floral, right? You go and you taste it. All the white wine yeast, quote-unquote, uh, went into two categories. They either did apple and pear flavors All right. really strongly, you know, uh, but beautiful. Like, like wow, that's, that's really interesting, you know, kind of cool. Wow. Along with the honey and the floral, mind you, you know, so that was really nice, too. Or they did uh, tropical, or they did uh, citrus and tropical and pineapple type flavors. Okay. You know, and it was like, but... but integrated with the honey thing that was really gorgeous you know so you had those two kind of sides going on on the red wine side of things everybody was quote unquote wine yeast red yeast you went to either you had uh, cherry type tones Mm -hmm. going on which were really pretty or you had general uh, berry type things like uh, raspberry blackberry kind of a general but definitely very berry like okay you know so you got cherry and berry over here yeah so when you step back which makes sense because you know if the medium that you're dealing with if you're making red wine you're having cherry berry you know whatever the one that is and so the guys that are doing more cherry doing certain varietals of grapes that are more where that's going to be expected and so you can kind yeah. of tailor those flavors to it well the same thing can be kind of like diffused back on the beer side of things so in my mind um i was surprised that these two didn't really talk to each other the wine side didn't really seem to really be interacting yeah. with the beer side of things you know that what's kind of crazy and especially now with like Vinny and a lot of other guys doing um, like really interesting funky beers that are out there that are delicious and and, and you know out there um, yeah you can go ahead and do different microflora which is totally cool but even within the safety of Saccharomyces cerevisiae you can still have a lot of options you know sure. if you're if you're kind of worried about you know different crazy bugs you know well and that's minor. four really easy cate- uh, categories for us to choose from too yeah, yeah. I mean the way you've done that is uh, if we're looking for some of those apple flavors if we're looking for a little bit of mango or citrus um, that's pretty easy so yeah. um, I mean if you're making an apricot wheat beer yeah wouldn't it make sense to like have have then a strain that's going to be reinforcing you know peach Characteristic? Yeah, why not? Uh, and and I guess the uh, my other question about that is, so, you know, one of the things that I don't like about, say, a, an apricot fruit beer is that it can be too fruit forward and not enough beer. So, because of the, 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 that fruit flavor can be really sweet, right? So, is the yeast characteristic that would add to that, that kind of tropical fruit that I'd be looking for out of a, out of a wine yeast? Is that a sweet characteristic, or is it more of a dry characteristic? What do you, what do you mean by Well, by I sweet? guess what I mean is, you know, the only thing worse to me sweet than... Sweet to me is just um, purely residual sugar, not impression of fruit impact. Okay. So if you have a beer yeah. that tastes much more like you're drinking a glass of apricot juice than it does a beer, uh-huh. to me that's too fruit forward. Um well, so, so I would I would have pulled back on the apricot, I guess is what oh, I'm saying, yeah, yeah, so that yeah. I get more beer, right? Absolutely. But maybe in this case, I could, uh, you know, I could have pulled back on the apricot, but added this wine yeast instead, and and then I don't get that perception of it turning into a fruit drink, a fruit juice. It's it remains a beer because I'm getting yeast character. Definitely, but well, also, but you realize, there, sorry, JP. No, no, go ahead. Yeah, just to finish, uh, but you have to realize too, it's not. Um, 
you know, these these aren't lasers. You know, going back to the shooting analogy. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to get, uh, you know, uh, abricot and peach and these things going on. But you're also going to be getting a general um, fruitiness, estery, kind of winey character at the same time with yeah. the emphasis on these flavors. So that's when you then step back and you go, okay, I want these things going on in there. But so then maybe what I want to do, if, it, for instance, if you know that that's the case for you, um, to learn, the first batch to learn, you know, maybe you're looking at maybe 30% on the wine yeast and maybe 40% on the wine yeast with no fruit. Yeah. Just do it first and say, okay, what are you giving me just as my guy up front? Oh, right. And then based on that blend, and then if you have them in two separate kegs or two separate uh, carboys, then it's really easy to just look, thief out, you know, boom, boom, go, okay, I got a, you know, I got a 10%, I got a 90%, I got a 80, 20, I got a this, and you go, okay, that's pretty damn good. I like this blend here. It could be 50-50. You never know what it's going to give you. Great you go, idea. I like that. Yeah. And then the next step is just really easy to just, based on that base that you've made, that you like that blend of that, then just basically adding a little bit of any whatever the apricot you have there yeah. just, to, just to bring it up to what you want. You know, Is the fruit flavor pronounced enough that I could, just as an example, I could brew an apricot beer that people would recognize as an apricot beer without a single bit of apricot or apricot extract um, in it? It's more general peach stone fruit ideas. I don't think they would peg it specifically as, oh, this is apricot. Okay. It's it's general. You probably have some people saying this tastes like peaches. Some people say this tastes more like, you know, yeah. uh, you know, apricots. This tastes more, I mean, but it's, you could it's have a general fruit beer without a drop of fruit in it. Absolutely. It's that pronounced. Well, it's the same thing what you do if you run a hot temp. It's the esters. Okay. Yeah. yeah. See, I mean, the Saccharomyces cerevisiae, all on beer side. Those. That's. There's a reason why you know we're we're always recommended to ferment at 67 or whatever like that. You know. Yeah. And then the Belgians are you know Up in the there. 70s. Yeah. You know why is that? Well, it's that same yeast based on temperature will create more of those compounds, more of the esters. It's the same exact thing, except that those things are more pronounced and more specific, going on there. And yeah. for the wine yeast. I mean, we've all had beers, you know, at homebrew conferences or whatever. Oh, you know, it does taste kind of like peach or kind of like, you know, maybe mm-hmm. a little raspberry kind of. And there's nothing in it. It's like a, a stout. Yeah. Or whatever. There's just nothing. It's But uh, that's just the, the fruit of the ester. And going back to what, or the ester of the, whatever. Uh, going back to what you were saying, I haven't had a, a fruit beer that's been too sweet that actually has real fruit. It's usually fruit extracts and okay. stuff mm-hmm. like that. All right. Um, so I think what Shay's saying, this is a way that you can um, accentuate yeah, that stuff, and and really kind of build on it without having to go down the route of well, it's not really aromatic enough for me. Now I got to put a little extract in there or whatever. Okay, all right. Well, and I guess too, it's the difference between a beer that can taste that has fruity characteristics, like you're talking about, like Chad, or a, or <laughs> or a fruit beer, right? And I think that's what I was wondering is if I would be able to mistake. Or you know, not mistake, would be able to taste a beer that had no fruit in it and still go, wow, that's a nice fruit beer. So I w- I w- just I would, based on the yeast, I would say yes. Interesting. And based on fruit, fruit beer. Yeah, and, that's and, really and fascinating. What's, and what's interesting of those three that I recommended, um, the triple one eight, the anything that's quote unquote called a champagne yeast. Uh-huh. You know, you see, oh, this is a champagne yeast. You know, like, well, what does that mean? Well, basically, the champagne yeast part of what they're doing is they're super hardy because of part of the the champagneoise production. They're dealing with some pretty harsh environments, and they need to be able to ferment and work in those. That's one set of um, hoops they have to jump through. But on the other side, what they do is they're fairly uh, neutral on purpose. So they don't give a lot of fruitiness. They don't give a lot of, a lot of other kind of, um, you know, very definite other crazy estuary impacts on them. They're pretty clean and neutral so that the base thing stands through. Okay. You know, so in the wine world, it's, you know, I guess more like some of the, um, what's more of a neutral? I mean, I've not, I guess it, 
like 001 to, to 002, like Chico compared to like English. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You have the English is just malt and gorgeous, but still pretty straightforward and just shows that malt, you know? Mm-hmm. And then something like Chico or something else, you get something that has, you know, definitely more other structure things going on, you know, with that that's just a little bit different. Or even going into the Belgians, you know, you're dealing with Trappist or Abbey, you know, like, wow, that's, he's really given, you know, some serious other things going on, not just that malt. Yeah. You know, even no matter how cold you ferment him. Right. You know what I mean? It's, he's still going to give his little stamp on something. And so it's kind of an interesting thing, like, depending on, that's another way to look at it. Because if you, if you want the fresh fruit characteristic coming through, you know, uh, of any beer you're trying to design, then maybe you don't want such a large portion. Or if you do choose it, you would choose the champagne strain compared to the other ones that have uh, just a general, you know, kapow kind of across the board, you know, fruit all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so but you'll know that by, by your style. And they're, they're easy to work with and it's easy to do. It sounds you like understand it. It, yeah, it yeah, makes yeah. a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. All right, I want to finish this up. Uh, I want to take a break and then talk about what kind of beers you've done. Taste, do you have a question for the break? Well, you know, you mentioned, you, you mentioned champagne yeast. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, in, in my Belgian Golden Strong, sometimes it, uh, towards the end of the ferment, I'll add a, uh, a pitch of, of champagne yeast mm-hmm. uh, because I don't uh, bottle condition the beer. I'll basically, I'll, eventually, you just force carbonate it and somehow get it in a, in a 12-ounce bottle and drink it that way. Uh, is there a better yeast I could use than champagne? I'm just using champagne because of the champagne's great. He's, he's neutral. When, which 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 is it? Is it a a, a neutral or is no? It he's a, a killer. So it's a killer as well. So when you pitch him, he's I'm done with everything else. Yeah. Okay. Well, are you using it to dry it out? Uh, no, I'm more for the champagne flavor actually. Yeah. Hmm. Well, he won't dry it out. Not because it's malt-based. Yeah, he can't yeah. break those sugars down. Ah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. This is a really good thing to remember, yeah. I think, for the whole show, is that difference between whether or not it can break down maltotriose. Is that yeah. what it's yeah. called, right? Mm-hmm. Or not? Yeah. Because, yeah, uh, sorry, cut you off, but well, I mean, I, I we, just, we've been saying that, I mean, that's just kind of common, quote-unquote, common knowledge in the beer industry where, oh, champagne, it'll dry that thing right We out. say it all the time. But we, don't, we, we never know. We just assume. But it won't. And, but, but what's interesting about this is that it, it's a strong and hearty fermenter. So and and and, and he doesn't need. I, he may be a bionist, if I remember correct. He may be, he doesn't need a lot of nutrition. So if it's a harsh environment, I mean, he can stand a high. He can stand high alcohol. He can do it towards some of the weaker mm-hmm. um, beer yeasts are a bit more mm, wussy, you know. Mm-hmm. And and you don't need to coddle him at all. He'll get in there, and if there's sugar there that he can handle, he'll handle it. Game over. Okay. That's which is I why think, he's chosen as a champagne. Yeah, I think that's what I was alluding to. Was yeah. you, know, you get a big strong dark, or big strong golden, and uh, well, they, yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll start to peter out at you know ten twenty two something right, like right. that. Yeah, you you need points. it. You need a dryer. He's not going to dry it down to you know oh oh two or anything. But uh, and he can do more than your regular beer yeast. Yeah. Well, the, and this is another thing too. Is the other the other experiment that I did on top of this was that um, I was looking at to uh, just corn based fermentation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, just trying to figure out, okay, if this is the case, what is the least nutrient available thing and what's going to go on with the yeast? Well, corn has absolutely nothing in it. It's just sugar and, and crap. And that's where I found out about the enzymes first, reading about old distillation books, you know, old moonshine runs and stuff. And like, well, how are these guys doing it? How is that working? And then it's using the enzyme for that to convert those starches. And I, I grabbed uh, just uh, it was 005, I think, dry English or something like that too. And I literally on purpose started uh, 1090. Mm-hmm. You know, start and it took it to zero. Wow. 
with dry English double, you know, the double five, I think it is, white labs. Mm-hmm. And that's, I'm, so I'm going like, well, wait a minute. You, uh, you look on the chart, it says, <laughs> what, 7% or something, or 5%. I'm like, we just took this to 12 or whatever it was. I'm like, so what's the deal? Now, granted, I fed it, you know, I stirred everything up, I babied it, it got oxygen, you know, at the start and also partially through it as well. Uh, and so I coddle it, but that's all standard, you know, fermentation handling yeah. going on. But the bottom line is that if you let on paper, uh, that theoretically was not supposed to be able to finish that dry. Right. Because it wasn't, yeah, and that was the deal. So then I called Chris, <laughs> Chris White, and I'm like, hey, man, uh, what are you guys basing these numbers of attenuation on? Because yeah. I just took, you know, your dry English uh, to zero from there. And he's like, well, kind of depends. Because, you know, <laughs> no, Chris White said white. something like that. Chris depends white. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> it was absolutely fantastic. And what was it was great because basically it comes back to understanding what is happening on the brew side again, kind of voodoo-y. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. The bottom line is that if you guys are in a situation where something is not finishing out and something's not going, you've handled it well, and the temperature's sorry, the temperature's fine. Uh, it's a nutritional issue if it poops out and there's still sugar there, or an environmental issue. The sugar's too high. Uh, it's not going to probably be the alcohol, to be honest. Hmm, you okay. know, there's nutrition and temperature going yeah. on with that. And if things got funky up front, that's another thing. But the cool thing about um, doing the other research about the enzyme point of view is that guys are actually using this in brew houses that they're starting to get a change on certain generations of their yeast pitch, and they're using and or mash is changing, or the grain bill changed, and they're losing a little bit of efficiency. You know, the ferment, you know, things aren't going through. Um, they're literally adding the dosages of the enzyme to drop it by you know one or two degrees Play-Doh in the ferment. So you can go to where it you know slows down or almost stops and you say whoa i'm not done yet i need more that's going here you know those other things are there yeah because you've got a hydrometer showing you that right whether it's fermenting it or not i mean you're not going to run a gas chromatograph to see what fractions are still present and what's the percentage of that that's just not realistic you know so you go through and the easy thing for any of us is he'll go to a point where he starts slowing down and when he poops out you're like mm, you're not done dude 10 20 i don't think so you know and then the dosage rate for that convertase the mm-hmm. ag300 is was like point two the cool thing about yeah the dosage rate was point eight to uh 2.8 ounces uh per 10 barrels of wort which comes down to 310 gallons when you convert the math down uh it comes out to basically 0.08 mils to 0.28 mils per gallon I see. of liquid. So that's a pretty wide range, you know, because you don't know how much is there. So the nice thing about that is you can kind of take a middle ground and back off. When you know, when the guy slows down, you're like, ah, shit, you know, I want him to finish more. Add a little more. On the low end, and you'll see it probably pick up because the yeast are still viable. They're still going. They just can't eat what's there. Yeah. Something's not right. And so that breaks it down to an easier form for them to handle. And you'll be able to lower the gravity at a predictable rate. Yeah. Without having it go dry, dry, dry. Shat, your stuck fermentation question last week. It could have covered a little bit there, too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know? Sorry. This is a magic juice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's. I mean, the sh- that's. The, you can do it that way, but the nice thing about the champagne yeast is that you will get a little bit of a, of a quote-unquote whiny character on the background, which will kind of flush out the complexity, which is really nice. Yeah, that's what I was looking for. Most. Yeah, yeah. So that's so that's just know that those are two options. But I would, I mean, I'm I'm obviously you know pro yeast, mind you, so I would probably use the yeast up front, but realize that you're going to get a whiny character with converting everybody who can be there, but uh, he may not also be able to finish where you wanted, and you may also still need the enzyme to the end. Yeah, right. I deal with that another way. Yep, that would be an easy way to do it. 
Mm-hmm. All right, let me get us to break. Learning about whiny characters other than JP. Oh, with, uh, come on now. <laughs> That's not very fair. Shake comfort. That makes me feel bad inside <laughs> where it counts. Stop whining. All right. We got a lot to get to, and we're going to get to it, I promise. It's like Africa in here right now. There's flies buzzing around everyone's face. There is. It's 100 degrees. Shet's not fat. His belly's distended. (laughs) Shet's distended. It's Africa Day on the session. Hang in there with us. Uh, We got Shay Comfort. He's teaching us all about wine yeast and how to do it. When we come back, I've got some specific questions about maybe some beers you've tried and what you got out of it and what we can do to do this. And then we're covering oak in a little bit, too. So stick with us. It's the session. You're listening to the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. When Michael Fairbrother started Moonlighting, he had no idea how quickly his dream was going to grow. Having homebrewed for 15 years, Michael decided to go pro, but not with beer. While attending his homebrew club meetings, he saw ladies knocking their men out of the way to try his mead. Moonlight Meadery is now two years old and can produce 200,000 bottles a year. It's the first New Hampshire winery to ever distribute to California and Australia. In fact, you can find Moonlight Meadery Meads in Connecticut, Massachusetts, Maine, Rhode Island, Vermont, and New Hampshire. And they ship direct to 17 states. They produce 56 different varieties of mead and are unlike anything you've ever seen on the market. Michael Fairbrother at Moonlight Meadery is a real success story that can make the BN Army proud. Visit Moonlight Meadery in Londonderry, New Hampshire or online at MoonlightMeadery.com. Bruin Network was that? It's Chip Walton from Bruin TV. Check out our latest episodes from Tallgrass Brewing Company. Dawson gets busy homebrewing with head brewer Andrew Hood, and we get some critical information on the new Pro Series kits from Tallgrass and Northern Brewer. And there's even a drinking game included in this episode. That makes it even more critical. Fill up a couple of points for this one. Brewing TV versus Tallgrass at BrewingTV.com. What happened to the city? It's in ruins. Only one man has the ancient knowledge to restore civilization. Uh, I need a drink. Oh no, the liquor store's been ransacked. You looking for beer, stranger? (laughs) Boy, all the liquor got drunk up in the first 25 minutes of the apocalypse. Wait, there's still some bottles over... Oh, no. Those are non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> I reckon you better stick to arrowroot tea and a desperate nomadic existence like the rest of us. People, I'm a home brewer. I know how to make alcohol. <gasps> oh, it can't be done. Come with me if you want the beer. Okay. I'm going to need some big plastic buckets. He is the chosen one. The prophecies say that he's going to get us wasted. Someone start heating water. And then From the creators of Northern Brewer, the people who brought you $7.99 Brew Saver Shipping, massive selection, and superior customer service comes the Home Brewer.
from the stovetop to a camp burner to some kind of brew stand. Most homebrewers follow some version of this progression. With each move, a homebrewer will often have to change a lot, if not all, of their equipment. Until now, Blickman Engineering brings you the top-tier brewing stand, the only brewing stand that grows with you. For example, buy a top-tier floor-standing burner now, and it'll bolt right to your top-tier brewing stand when you're ready for all-grain brewing. The top-tier brewing stand is perfect for 5-gallon to 20-gallon batch sizes. Its modular design is adjustable and accommodates everything from small footprint coolers up to 30-gallon pots. How does the top-tier brewing stand do it? At its core is a strong, heat-treated, and anodized aluminum main post. On all four sides are built-in T-slots for the adjustable heavy-gauge stainless steel shelves and beefy burner tiers. The tiers accommodate any manufacturer's pots or coolers up to 21 inches in diameter. Best of all, not only does the top-tier brewing stand grow with your skills and equipment, but it easily knocks down for long-term storage or transport, too. The top-tier brewing stand from Blickman Engineering. Learn more at BlickmanEngineering.com and to find a local Blickman retailer. And start brewing from the top tier. Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the home-brewed chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your homebrew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read your way to better homebrew. Mix me your 100-grain amber recipe, and I'm going to eat it. And then it can ferment in my gut. It totally works. The beer is almost identical to the grain sandwich. Your colon won't know what hit it. <laughs> the, the home of live beer radio. TheBrewingNetwork.com Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. The Brewing Network. Saving your life. One beer at a time. We're back in the studio here. We've we, we got Shay Comfort in here with us, uh, getting us through a, a, a very intelligent yeast discussion, which is weird for us. So, Shay, thanks for coming in here and doing that. I appreciate it. We all feel smarter because of it. <laughs> everyone, everyone in the chat's like, uh, this dude is way over Justin's head right now. <laughs> no, this is why it's a podcast and you go back. <laughs> 
That's yeah. right. You can always go back and listen. Yeah. I actually, uh, the way that Shay is delivering the information is much more clear and understandable to me than one might think upon yeah. first listening. I'm absorbing some of this stuff. I thought you were going to say compared to the other guy that comes to talk to you. About no, 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 no. This no, is the best for you. Trust me. <laughs> Whitey, I think, does a great job. When I talk to, to Whitey one-on-one uh, yeah. about yeast, I get I get everything he's talking about. It's just in here because we throw so many scenarios. You know, we end up with that it depends thing. You see, um, Whitey, you mean like the man? Yeah. Uh, well, to no, me, no, no, the not man. the man. No. Oh, By the way, right. uh, the man's no longer Whitey. Now the man yeah. is Barack Obama. Not, so not capital T, capital M, <laughs> just lowercase t. No, Chris case. White. Chris White is Whitey. Yeah. Is who we mean. And, awesome. Um, and I, off the air, I get. I, I can understand him also. Uh, but on air right now, I'm understanding what Shay has to say, and it's amazing. I feel like already right now I could go do something with wine yeast. So uh, it's very clear. I think man. you're about forget it in about five minutes. Though. Forget about what? Except for what I wrote oh, down. This wine <laughs> could happen. Thanks for the support, Doc. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, what we wanted to do uh, before we end our yeast discussion because we still have a whole other topic. We're going to talk about using oak in your beer and different ways to do that. Um, Shay had mentioned six different wine yeasts that we could use, yep. and uh, we should talk about the characteristics from each one, because you made a bold statement near the beginning, Shay, where you said, even I would be able to taste the difference between using these different yeasts in a beer. Guarantee it. Okay. So let's talk about what we could expect out of some of the different ones here. Yeah. So uh, just, you know, uh, full disclosure that the... I have run uh, yeast and bacteria trials for Lalamon for the past eight years, and it's still ongoing. So a lot of these yeasts I knew first in wine, and that's why I did that meat experiment, because then in a single more neutral base. And the nice thing about that is that pretty much did confirm uh, those things. So I haven't tried every single one of these in every single type of beer style, okay. mind you. But uh, looking at the what's going on with mead and what's going on uh, with the wine and the few malt-based things that I've done, like a lot of the whiskey guys are using uh, partials. Hmm. Uh, of wine yeast as part of their general things for complexities for the whiskey itself. Really? Oh, yeah. And the guys are using the enzymes, too, because they're going to going to zero. So um, they're finding that they're just a more complex wort is ending up being a, a more complex whiskey safe. later. Yeah, and it's safe. Okay. Because okay. a lot of times they're doing secondary. There's lots of other microflora going on, and, and they wind up, that can go good or that can uh, go not so well. <laughs> okay. And so this is a nice way to get complexity in a safe way. Interesting. Yeah, kind of across the board, yeah. Doc doesn't know anything about people making whiskey at their home. No. No. Either do I. Good. Because that's illegal no. in this country. That's right. Yeah. And it would be wrong. Only uh, distilling water. Ah, yes. No, it's very good distilling water. Essential essences. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. That sounds like a douche commercial. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess what the lavender would be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's the guy with the lisp. <laughs> he knows. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So what are some of the things that you yeah. did find? Yeah. So pretty much, um, I'll just go through them each again. Uh, 71B, um, he really has kind of a nice uh, general, he's kind of... Hmm, it's funny. He's he's more of a fruit salad characteristic. I mean, you just open up like you know the can of Libby's, you know, and he just he's just bam, like all sorts of crazy stuff going on. I mean, but just he's not just one set guy. He's boom, lots of really crazy fruitiness going on with him. Triple one eight is more kind of more neutral, but a kind of a general whiny character in the background. Uh, I guess the closest brewers would do is more towards a line of like um, Belgians, in the sense that they can have that kind of. Yeah. See, when you say wine character, yeah. I, I think of two things. For mm-hmm. one, obviously, is the grape characteristic. The other one yes. is is a is a hotter alcohol no. flavor. 
No, 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 no. Okay. Alcohol is different from aromatics. Okay. Organoleptic is different from 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 the alcohol okay. level. That's why I wanted to make sure that we were talking about the same thing when you said before, sweet against the fruit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. These are two different, very clear, separate things. Okay. Yeah, just make sure we're, we're clear. Sure. Yeah, no, There's. A, it's more on the... the Gra- grapey in a sense, but it's not gravy, mind you. It's just general fruit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's there's a but a fermented fruit. So there's alcohol mixed with it. Basically, what, what you're talking about is esters. Yeah, you know, and so that changes that. Uh, K1V. What's really interesting with him, triple one six. He definitely has a very kind of he does that stone fruit peach quality going on with him. Okay, and that's really pretty cool. He was the one that uh, K1 was being used uh, as part of a wheat beer. They're using to have a really strong kind of a peachy uh, quality with him. It was kind of a neat one. The other one was a triple one eight. Was more kind of like a general whiny kind of a fruity, more complex, low level thing as part of a blend as well okay. that they're doing in the in the ferment. Uh, Gre, um, he is a red wine guy, and so he definitely has a berry, fresh berry impact, which is really really cool. Uh, I'm trying to think as you're going through this list, um, and maybe you guys could do it too, because at the end we could maybe go back and suggest some beers that would be good with that. But as you're saying, you know, like a berry flavor, I'm just kind of wondering what kind of beer would be great with this. Go on, please. I'm just thinking of well, well, no, you know, general, well, general berry. I mean, across the board. I mean, anything you're doing, um, any of the fruit beers, with a little bit more malt residual characteristic would kind of be interesting. I'm thinking like Creek. Mm-hmm. Any lambic? Yeah, you know these would be really interesting as a specialty thing. Uh, even on a lower level, um, if you want general berryness, um, I think that uh, any kind of like a stout or a porter, where you would want some kind of a nice kind of a low level kind of a um, yeah the 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 berry that's like the raspberry, boysenberry, blackberry. It's like like a bowl of berries. It's just really really interesting. The framboise. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Berry. No 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 framboise. Is, <laughs> yeah. yeah he, he that's more the raspberry and it's a little Not, bit of a brighter one than what you. That's does. another yeast that you. you yeah, right. okay. yeah. Uh, BM forty five. He definitely gives cherry. Okay. Really nice, beautiful cherry, and it's just like wow, uh, cherry. You know, I mean, you kind of where did that come from? You know, and it's really useful. So, like what uh, Scott was talking about, he was going to be doing a, a stout. What type of it? Uh, we're going to do a black forest stout tomorrow. Yeah. And, and so to cherries, me, and hmm. he suggested trying not the uh, BM forty five, mm-hmm. uh, just to accentuate the cherries from a different angle. Yeah. And yeah, the general whiny fruitiness would go, and along with the stout, will kind of back up the the darker malts. I think. Okay. You know, with that and the kind of robustness, BM forty five is also known for having a really strong impact on mouthfeel. So a lot of polysaccharide matter protein production. Yeah, which is we haven't even discussed that part yet. Mm-hmm. We're only discussing flavor profiles and not the part where we're going to get more mouthfeel or. But the nice yeah. thing is that that won't get broken down. You know, so that would remain mouthfeel. Some of these guys will actually give a lot of mouthfeel characteristics without having to rely slowly, uh, solely on the um, the larger chain sugars, mm-hmm. you know, starches and stuff that would remain unfermented to give that body. Yeah, you know, this is going at it from an, another point of view, just as part of the ferment. So, so we can so get they, this from the yeast. Yep. So they could be fermented those long chain sugars, and we would st- we would not be sacrificing mouthfeel. Is that what you're saying? Right. It's independent production. Like depending on how much of enzyme or whatever you're dealing with in order to get the um, uh, the amount of attenuation you want from that. That can be looked at as one way. But uh, all of these yeasts also have a different impact on mouthfeel. Okay. So literally, like round roundness, fullness, you know, a smoothness, a richness, a thickness in the mouth. Okay. Literally a tactile sensation. Wow. So you get this also <laughs> from the yeast. <laughs> yeah, 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 coming just from the yeast, independent of residual sugar. Okay. So you can have two. So it leaves those alone, which I also had to. That is the mouthfeel of the beer to begin with, right? Right. Yeah. For the beer guys, yeah, you guys are you guys are relying primarily on the sugar. Yeah. On that, hey. you know? 
So that's mouthfeel independent of uh, of any of the long chain sugars, just from the yeast, which right. is different than what I'm used to talking about with beer right. yeast. Right, we don't get that out of the beer right. yeast, out of the beer. So you guys are controlling mouthfeel via the mash and the long term, the long chain sugars in there. Where when you're using these yeast, another factor of these wine yeasts is you're going to mm-hmm. add to and get a different characteristic for the mouthfeel. And from the winemaking side of thing. Uh, all of mouthfeel is basically uh, yeast autolysis product, so it's matter protein and polysaccharide proteins coming from the actual yeast themselves. And whether they're they're fractioned off in the beginning and then used as a product early on in ferment, mm-hmm. or actually working with an aging on the lees on the on the spent yeast clean on the bottom, and then working with those proteins as they open themselves up, autolyze. Yeah, they open themselves up and release those proteins back into the wine and are stirred and actually worked that way to develop those structures and proteins and mouthfeel and, and complexity. Okay, and it doesn't have to be yeasty and bad. Right. Yeah, there's another thing, too. If you guys are on wine yeasts, I'm not quite sure. If, uh, if you get off most of the troube in the first part of it, you know, if you want to go to any sort of structuring or a secondary, not sure how many guys go into a secondary fermenter. Is that a common thing still? It's still common. We don't, uh, I think a lot of times we don't advocate it anymore. Jamil changed a bunch of us about that. Yeah, I don't. People I don't still do it, it all the time. I, I don't do it. Sure. Yeah, I'm going to cover with it. But I also, you know, work with being very clean, you know, with everything up front. So it's not so much of an issue. And not taking a lot of garbage in from the boiler right. kettle into the. Fermenters are pretty, but so if you have that, what I mean is that then you'll be surprised just on a plain ferment side by side, going to zero or going to whatever your ending terminal gravity is. Um, one yeast will literally be round and full and rich, and one will be more linear and focused and, and more kind of austere. Okay, in its handling both are delicious, both are really interesting and useful, but they just do different things. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. And BM45 is one of the guys who's known as giving just tremendous mouthfeel. Okay, mm-hmm. so that. Might- are you thinking about uh, trying that out on this batch, Doc? Or are you already set to do your your the stout you're doing tomorrow? No, I'm set to do this. You are. Oh, you oh, are. Yeah, it was coming. It was coming. That's this is yeah. what the whole Great. this is what the experiment was. I've got the yeast ready to go. I've, I'm going to split it into two conicals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a starter of London ale yeast going in one, mm-hmm. and uh, we're going to do the this BM45. The BM45 yeah. in the other one, yeah. like uh, one one third on that one, probably I would do one third, two thirds on the other one, and then and then I make sure you crash pretty good at the end. You know, we'll make when when they stop. You got uh, two days or so of sugars solid where they are so you're not getting that much movement so you know that's what and if you need to then go ahead and pull off a blend whatever your ratio is if you're two to one right you know do that and check your sugar on that and taste it and say okay are we good here or is this too much sugar still or what's happening there and then you can then use enzyme if you need to on that on the smaller batch that didn't have you know right with it. i always crush the wine your big bm so a boy yeah. yeah good for you um Let's uh, give us the two characteristics of the last... Um, yeah, L2226. Yeah. Um, he's going to be more kind of uh, berry-like in general. Berry also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But in a slightly different way. Very delicious. Now, here's mm-hmm. a question that came through from the chat a little earlier. Sure. And that Doc might need also, uh, though he's probably already talked to you about this. But mm-hmm. uh, what about fermentation temperatures for these? Because we're mm-hmm. very specific in our beer yeast. Mm-hmm. Are we also very specific in our wine yeast? In what temperature uh, uh, we have uh, to ferment these at? Absolutely the same. Same thing. Okay. Yeah, it, it, it's always the same thing. The The warmer you're making things, the more esters, the more fruity, the more complexity, the more funky, spicy, crazy things that they do naturally mm-hmm. will be more present. Okay. You know, and so the cooler you make it, then the more kind of back down and focused, and then they take maybe, because they're wine yeast, it won't quite be such a um, equal to or lesser back uh, compared to the malt. <laughs> you know, with, with wine, they'll kind of pull back a lot and leave it to come through. Yeah. But for the... I, I'd say if... 
again, that's another thing you need to do, go go ahead and, and try the two because if if you're looking at this guy as a one third portion of a blend, you have to look what is his purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going, if you're going to do the whole thing with that yeast, fantastic, that's great. You know, and I would re- probably recommend running one or two trials. Uh, you know, just do one batch out, or if you have two different fermenters, you're doing ten gallon batch. It's really nice to run one guy at sixty seven, you know, and run run the other guy at you know seventy two or whatever. You know, you can you can see very clearly what's happening and then you'd be able to taste okay i like him when he does this or he's that's a little too crazy over here yeah but he may be giving you something on the warmer one that's the reason why you would choose to go with the wine yeast is complex and it's interesting as a portion of him mm-hmm. so you go okay but it's pretty strong so you don't need him to be you know half of your final blend kind of thing so you need to like backtrack based on what you're tasting and then how you basically go about designing it yeah so uh, it'd be nice to be able to give you you know uh, open package a in 20 minutes yeah. and you know what i mean yeah. it's very clear directions but will the plumber do that yeah but it but it but it doesn't really work that way and yeah. so so he doesn't know that yeah. well <laughs> it, it doesn't it doesn't and what, what what so what the nice thing is is an understanding of this so then how does it work and what's going to be consistent is it okay warmer it's going to give you more of this less is going to give you less of this you know, and so if you understand that concept, and if you're able to do two of those ferments, and you taste, what does that mean? Because I can sit there and rattle all this stuff off, and you guys go right. blink, blink, yeah, whatever. But as soon as you taste the two side by side, you go, oh, boom, that's that. I and get then, it. Boom, that's it. Yeah, click, boom, you're done. Yeah. And then, then you got it. You're done. And you, you can start to then project that onto the other ones as well. Okay. You use them as a tool. So you kind of have to think it through before you do it. As a starting point, I mean, could uh-huh. we just go to uh, could so like I would go to whitelabs.com and 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 he would uh, you know Chris White has listed right there the ideal fermentation temperature sure. for each yeast. So as a starting point, would I do the same with these Lalamine yeast? Are those ideal fermentation temperatures listed along with their descriptions? Uh, no, I would say no. Uh, because. Mm. Uh, beer is consistent because you guys are dealing with uh, uh, what sixty five to um, seventy two or something, mm-hmm. whatever the seventy four, depending on some. Unless of those we go really Belgian, yeah, right. But that mm-hmm. that's really the odd the odd bird out, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so sure. in general, you, you you have a narrow range, but, we do. Uh, but you have to realize it's not because of the strain; it's because of the media. Okay. Okay. So what you're trying to do is you're dealing with malt, you're dealing with something that's more kind of straightforward, uh, and you don't want to cover that up by too much ester production everything you want the clarity of the malt to come through with some complexity and niceness and also mouthfeel characteristics as well yeah that you guys are probably not quite so aware of because you have to learn to taste through all the malt that's left you know but once you're kind of aware of what's going on with different yeast side by side and run multiple trials you go ah okay same attenuation you know and and that was uh olin and i in the beginning uh started you know, brewing up front, and we would do a ten gallon. We started making the first beer systems for more beer, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, back in the potting shed behind Darren's house, you know, yeah. ten gallon system. And I, I couldn't afford that, but I had time, and I wanted to brew the beers I wanted to brew. We both really like malt and focus on this, so we'd always do ten gallon batch, split the yeast. Okay, uh, that was from the beginning. You know, so uh, from the actual beginning was that, and so you literally taste same attenuating gravity, same mash, same wort, everything on like this, and yet one has more richness more fullness one has something else separate for us so there's definitely mouthfeel and other structures going on in there mm-hmm. now when you step back from this and you look at okay uh, how are the wine yeast categorized because if you look at the Lalamont catalog or any other uh, catalog with you know yeast that are, that are out there you know Scott or anyone else who produces these um, you'll see um, white wine has a range of temperatures and red wine has a range of temperatures so on the white wine side of things, you're looking anywhere from like, you know, 55 to 65. 
Okay. Depending on what you're shooting for, if it's a barrel ferment, more rich, more robust, more focused, more linear, more austere, like what are you looking for, you know, to come through? And that's on that side of things. When you're looking at a red wine fermentation, you're looking at like, you know, 67 up to like 85. Wow. Okay. See what I mean? Because there's a whole nother world going on in, in, in chemistry and everything that's happening that you want to have happen in those fermentations. Yeah. And so you choose where in those you're working with. So, and we're uh, going to have to do the same. It sounds we're no, really going to have to try. No, no, no. Go back. Go back and pay attention to just, just use the, your standard beer temperatures. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And if you and if it's not giving you enough on a standard ferment, uh, the bet you think I, I, the way he was talking, it should have given me more crazy stuff. You know. Well, yeah. No, no. So therefore, then okay, then run him the next time at seventy-five instead of instead of sixty-five. Okay. You know, that's the thing. I would start on that because you'd be surprised. You know, uh, he may be like, "Whoa, that's all I want of him." You know, you're easy, yeah. easy killer. You know, back off. Yeah. Yeah, and it very quickly could turn into a yeah, yeah. fruit bomb or something. Yeah, else yeah, really or, or just yeah. I mean, interesting. Or not enough. You know? Yeah, and yeah. if you've had Belgiums, you've had things that are really kind of crazy and out there. You're like, you know, that that's pretty brilliant. Yeah, but maybe not. You don't need five gallons of that if all you have is you know you can only fit two kegs in a you know kegerator. Then you don't want one whole keg real estate being taken up by something that's crazy that you may you know want every so often. But you don't need a full keg up. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like a really interesting project to take on, and it sounds interesting in, in a lot of ways because not only we're using a new yeast, but it kind of sounds like like you're going to be doing tomorrow, Doc. Not only are you going to be using wine yeast for the first time in your beer, you're also going to be blending when you're done. So yeah. it's two new procedures that you get to take on by checking this out, which is a lot of fun, really. That's what gives me brewing is I don't brew just to brew beer. I yeah. always I want to try something new, new technique. Uh, New yeast, a new new something, yeah. and that's what gets me doing something every time. Yeah. Someone in the chat room, uh, Hat Trixa, he goes, "Oh, two conicals. That's what you can. That's what you can have if you had paid attention in college." <laughs> that's right. I have three conicals. <laughs> oh! <laughs> that's what happens if you go to community college first and then pay attention in college. <laughs> I was, was, yeah. was going to say post grad, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, um, let me try to do a, a little bit of a summary of what we've covered ah, so far. Sorry, uh, sorry go there, ahead. there's one thing that sprung to my mind, too. Another thing I was like really surprised about is, is how little you guys blend even standard beer yeast. Right. <coughs> All beer yeast. Unless you're tasting. A what? Blend? <laughs> no, just, he's talking about just the yeast. Oh, the yeast. Yeah. Oh, well, you meant the finished beer. Oh. No, 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 okay. no. Well, well, that's the same thing to me. It is. It's burr, a, burr, 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 burr. Yeah, it's the same thing. I mean, so... so, so the nice thing is that you guys don't have any pitfalls because all the beer yeasts are pretty much sensitive and they're not going to fight with each other. A killer will a killer will take out a sensitive. It won't have any effect on a neutral. You know, a neutral won't be bothered by either of them. But if everybody's susceptible or neutral, there's no problem. And all the beer yeasts are susceptible, so they're all, they're all, no one's going to kill them. Yeah. So you can literally blend them right there. Blend them right there, and I and I and I do. You do. Okay. Oh, I do already. You all know, right. Just within the beer yeast themselves. Okay. Like, How about different timing for the blending? Put one in first, add yeah. one, another one later. Well, yeah. The only thing, any time, and, and it's the same thing for wine as well. Uh, the, it's all the same. Any time you have a fermentation where you're pitching two different bugs at the same time, um, all of them have, just like us, we, uh, very distinct personalities. And not everyone's a morning person. Not everyone's, you know, this type of a thing. And so certain guys get in there, certain yeasts get in, and boom, they're ready to go. Bam, they hit, and then they kind of mellow out, and then they kind of ride out. Certain guys take a while to kind of get used to it, kind of what's that, and then they, they kick ass, and they build up, and they go, 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 go. Yeah. You know, and so they're all very different. So if you have two guys who have kind of disparate starting or, or fermentation characteristics, and you pitch them in there, one guy, if he's a quick starter, he's going to make a tremendous amount of impact before the even guy is even joining the party. 
Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So just be aware of the timing. So that's the case, you know, if he's a slow starter or not, and how does he work, you know, kind of a deal. Um, that might be aware of. And if you want an even impact, if you just want a general more complexity, then, you know, go for it. You're fine. Yeah. But, you know, if you want to be, you know, more clear about it, and you know this guy's kind of slow, and this other guy's, you know, a workhorse at the end, then maybe first day with one guy and then pitch the other guy after, and you make sure to at least balance out more the impact you can get from both. Okay. But, I mean, the real answer is if you just do two separate side-by-side and you blend them post from it. Okay. And that's the way you have repeatability and control and everything from there from around. Yeah. And also you may be very surprised uh, by doing that, you also have a chance to be able to pull off and say, hey, uh, I like this is going to go half and half, and, and but post you go, whoa, wait a minute. And then so like I basically <laughs> do a lot of Belgiums, and so um, I like uh, Abbey and Trappist, mm-hmm. you know, for different reasons. The Abbey's always got that apricot thing going, it's kind of soft and kind of pillowy and takes a while to kind of get going, but doesn't quite have the push that I want. Trappist, you know, has a little more robustness to it. I would say a whiny character as well. Okay. Going the two, and so I basically pitch them side by side directly in the vials now. Okay. Into the same carboy to get the best of both worlds, which we'll be tasting actually in the, my Belgian, the double that, we'll, that I brought here. Great. With oak in the ferment. And the end is that um, if you separate the two, what's kind of su- surprising is that if you do, you can pull off, okay, you, you theoretically would have been a one-for-one, one and you taste him. And then you go, wait a minute, you know, I really, really like what's going on with Trappist, but it's really nice to have some Abricot thing and some soft, maybe only really a third a third of him. Mm-hmm. And so if they're in two separate carboys, it's easy. You just go, bloop, bloop, wait in a glass immediately right there before Pour you go into way. a keg. Yeah. yeah, and just, no, just taste them. Yeah. And then you go, oh, you know, that's really the blend I like. And so the next time you go to ferment, you know, maybe you didn't put basically two thirds in one vessel and one third in the other, and you just put, you know, Abby in the one third and two thirds in it. And so you know your ratio, you have your clarity and repeatability, and you're golden. Okay. Yeah. I just want to point out, too, if you're really a lazy douche like me, <laughs> uh, White Labs does have a couple of blends that they've done already. Um, so if you don't exactly. want to, if, if you don't want to have control over it yourself and do the, some of the blending you're talking about, and yeah. you just wanted to try what it's like between the difference of an Abbey and a Trappist or an Abbey Trappist together, mm-hmm. I think that might actually be one of the blends that they have. Trabby. Um that you can, yeah. <laughs> but you check it out whitelabs.com, and they've done some blends already for you. Well, if, and, if you want to be really lazy, yeah. I mean, that's why is that? Yeah, because I mean, it's because they know good you idea. can get good things. Well, it's yeah. a very good idea. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That Shay came up with apparently. It's <laughs> a really good idea. I, I'm pretty sure that when nobody's around, um, Shay actually talks to his yeast, and they, they're his friends, and they have names he whispers like too. Charlie and and say, how how we doing today, Charlie? And that's, like, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> that's just how I picture you at home. Gets up in the morning. How yeah. you doing, guys? Hey guys. Reads the paper to him. They're, you know? de- they're definitely spoiled. I think, yeah, that's a, and that's more what I'm getting at. I think your yeast is much happier than the yeast in this house because <laughs> well, you're I, spoiling them. Yeah, yeah, it's de- yeah. But de- your, your yeast is white trash. <laughs> yeah, we have Pacheco yeast. Yeah, they kill each other. My yeast is on crystal meth. Well, the funny part is I'm not even aware of of that. This is just normal, you know, because if you do that, the flavors are better. Mm-hmm. And it's really straightforward. I mean, it's kind of if you feed them, if you take care of them, you're this, and the beer is better, the wine is better. It's like you literally do the same thing in the same medium. You bring them back, and you go and pay aware of temperatures and, you know, a lot of the shock, too, because going for something too warm in the starter to something that's too cool. Yeah. You know, if, you, you know, if you're paying attention to all these elements, then the flavors are fantastic. Okay. You know, and it's the same exact, you're doing the same work. That's the thing. You spent the same money, the same amount of time, and the same amount of work. And yet, one of them is better than the other. Why is that? Well, because you took care of the yeast, and it's a minimal amount of information yeah. and understanding, and just incorporating that into yourself because that just—it's like an insurance policy. Why wouldn't you do that? Sure. So that was a normal thing, and that was kind of um, a bunch of friends. Uh, it was like two, two and a half years ago, and stuff when I 
was at, at a winery and that, that, that finished out and I was trying to figure out what, what do I do? And they said, well, you should, you know, be, you know, working with people and consulting with people and say, yeah, yeah, I don't know who. And everyone started calling me the yeast whisperer. Oh, they did. Yeah. <laughs> nice. And I was, and at one show, it was over a three day period and it was three separate people over a three day period at the Sacramento wine show where that came up. Really? And I thought, this is really odd, you know, at the time. So, <laughs> so it stuck. And so that's, nah. that's basically what I do. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah. Now you are the East yeah, Whisperer. It, it, it's actually okay. eastwhisperer.com, and in, I'm a winemaking consultant. Okay. So somebody has a problem with their yeast, I'm unruly yeast, you'll come over there and slam around. <laughs> and you go, no, do not fer- don't ferment like that. Because <laughs> we need to be firm with the yeast. We need to yeah. tell them. It's not the yeast, it's the yeast owner. We're just, yeah. yeast, we're just yeast herders. I mean, yeah. and that's, that's all See? you're doing is guiding. You're providing the environment, Herding. and you're guiding so that it can. You're not making a damn thing. No, no, no. All you're doing is providing the environment so they can do their magic. That's it. You need to let the yeast know that you are in control. <laughs> like the dog. <laughs> the Caesar Milan of the, yeah. of the yeast world. The yeast don't know. They are not in control. You are in control. <laughs> and you must be the dominant yeast. You must, you must dominate. You must dominate. <laughs> All right. Let me try to take Shay's big brain and put it oh. down into a tiny brain like mine and do a little bit of Wine Yeast 101 just to summarize what we've learned today before we move on to Oak. Oh, right. we, we have a, if I could. a phone guy. He's been on the phone for a little bit. A phone guy. I mean, a, excuse me. And you're just letting us know about it? He has I'm a not bo- supposed to. You mean phone oh, that's guy? That's not JP. So he has a bottling question? Yeah, he wants to bottle with champagne yeast, I think, is what it is. All right, let's do that yeah. quickly, and then we'll do we'll do a little summary. Uh, looks like we're talking to pseudo-chef in Nashville. What's happening, brother? Uh, not much. Got a question for Shay? Yeah, so my club just did a dark strong, and we put it into a Jack Daniels barrel. Why is it going to be dark? That for about four months. Um... And the alcohol by volume is right around 14% right now. Did you um, pick that up so from the I barrel? Wanna, did, you picked up the extra alcohol from know. the barrel going in? I, I actually really don't know. It, it probably went in. Um, we probably picked up a couple points. Yeah. It's attenuated down really, really low. So um, I think it went in at 11.15 uh, or so. But um, So I just wanted to know, because I want to, for presentation's sake, I want to cage and cork... Um, a good portion of this mm-hmm. but obviously to bottle condition that I know with around 14% I want to use some type of champagne yeast or wine yeast so I'm wondering about like you know what a good suggestion for a particular yeast would be and how much should I be repitching when I go to, to cage and cork it yeah um, it, it depends on when you had attenuation with the yeast it depends on the sugars and so uh, if you have um the champagne yeast can handle up to 16% alcohol, which is part of what they're doing, and they can handle lack of nutrients, you know, going to something that's already been done, and they're fairly neutral on the impact, which is, you know, what they're doing. That's what the prise de mousse, the triple one eight, is literally, that's that secondary fermentation in the bottle. You know, it's like the forming of the foam, you know, for champagne, for the bubbliness. And so that, that right. it's actually designed for that and works really, really well. Um, the th- things I would be aware of is just, you know, when you do... The base wine preparation of champagne, the reason why I'm saying this is because it's essentially the same thing you're doing. Um, you have a fermentation that finishes, and then you stop. And then depending on whether it's finished because they still can't ferment those sugars or not ferment those sugars, or whether you've gone to zero like you do for a base wine of champagne, that's one way. Then what they do is almost like bottle priming. It's the same thing. You'll still need to do like a like a tirage. You still need to do a little bit of um, uh, a sugar bump. Uh, into right. that wine, so that something will be able to ferment from the from the champagne yeast to be able to give you the carbonation. 
But the good news is, like I said, you won't lose any more body and structure which you have already because he won't be able to further work on any sugars that are residual that's there. But he, if, if you've already had a fermentation that is not happening with it, um, you may, a way, way to get around it you could do is just to make sure, is uh, pitch the champagne yeast uh, into your the beer already, and if you still see stability in the um, in the sugars, mean, meaning that you know he can't still keep ferment out, you know that that's not going to be your wild card. You know, so you're stable that way. Therefore, when you add a little bit of residual sugar, you know for sh- you know for clear fact that that amount will be fermented to give you a precise amount of fermentation in the bottle, and you can control that. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. Because yeah, like because actually like it got down like I was saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know the actual numbers because it was a, it was a group brew, so we had a bunch of different brewers brewing. Uh, Shame on you! So we all <laughs> ended up at different gravities and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it got down like the final sample pulled out of the barrel mm-hmm. was all the way down to like ten ten. But so that's actually way, there's still a down. right, but there's still there's still a lot of For sugar left in ten ten. Well, no, no, I mean ten ten is still a decent amount of sugar, you know, depending on what's going on. And you're pulling, you're probably stealing uh, lactone and whiskey lactone and stuff coming off that barrel too. You said it was a Jack Daniel's barrel. Yeah. Yeah. So you probably got a. We'll be talking about the oak in the in the second part too. So that kind of fits right into this. So there's a lot of okay. impact and mouthfeel characteristic coming from the wood in the barrel, especially bourbon production, just because of the American oak mm-hmm. that they're using. And so you'll have a certain amount of fermentability, which which will be done just because of sugar. Um, the champagne yeast, if you fed and oxygenated and took care of temperatures, etc., then the ten ten is fine, and he may be where everything stops. You know, which, which is the good news. But if something was a little bit lagging with the the yeast, or something a little bit tired in the end, or you know, been handled in a certain way, then it may have been alcohol that could have knocked him out, and he could have still had some residual sugar. Which is why I'm recommending pitching the champagne yeast and seeing do you have any more movement, even though you know that you theoretically attenuated down. You know, the thing is that you don't know clearly why it stopped at that point. Do you know what I mean? Because you're so high with that alcohol. Yeah, so to cover your butt, the beta would do is just pitch with the champagne yeast, see if you see any movement, and if it doesn't move within a day, then you want to go ahead and then you know add the sugar and do the bottling. So okay. you you basically want to know that the X amount of priming sugar you put in there is all the sugar that this guy's going to be exactly. using. Uh, there might be some fermentable sugars for this guy still left in your beer, and then you put in your cup or whatever of your priming sugar, there's still stuff left in there. You're going to way over-carbonate because he's still going to be able to do some of that. Yeah. But if it's just all the body and the 1010s only left over from the maltotriose and the larger things that, that the champagne yeast can't touch anyway, then you're safe. Okay. So it's, it's, okay. it's a matter of we don't know what's in there yet. Mm-hmm. If it's still usable for the champagne yeast, and so Shay, you're recommending we do like a test on the side, right? Like a beaker test, or I mean, we pour some, of the, get some of the the, the no, wort, you, the no, beer. You, you could literally just rack off whatever whatever aging vessel, or conditioning vessel you have right. uh, post ferment. I mean, you could literally, you know, ra- leave it where it's at if you don't mind, and literally do the fresh pitch of that yeast directly into into the full volume into the full volume. Yeah. Okay. If it, if he can't, there's nothing there for him to ferment. Nothing's going to happen. Okay. Yeah. But you but be aware that circa 11 to 12 percent is really kind of that cutoff where things are really really happy. Okay. So you're going into a 14 percent right off the bat. Maybe a little more um, antagonistic to the yeast. So uh, just know that you may need to be just kind of conscious of uh, bumping that the dosage rate up a little bit from there. Does that cover it for you, Sudo? Yeah, I appreciate it. Well, it better. Cool, brother. Thanks for the call. 
No problem. All right. Cheers. That's Pseudo Chef out of Nashville. All right. We're going to do a little summary here of what we've learned, and then we're going to move on to Oak so that we can cover as much as possible today. Uh, I took some notes. Uh, so, Shay, please correct me where I'm right and wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I just you know, I want to make sure that I dumb it down a little bit so that people with my size brain can get some of these things. And uh, that is that really uh, wine yeast and, and beer yeast are very similar. They're the same uh, uh, genome is kind of how you, how you started with this thing. And, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, really the difference is that beer yeast uh, can ferment down maltotrios. Yep. So it's something. So we don't end up with those long chain residual sugars in general if we ferment properly with beer yeast. Yeah, and in general, most beer yeast uh, create less fruity esters and crazy flavors as well. Okay. So... In order to use wine yeast, we need to know a couple of things. Mm-hmm. We need to know that wine yeast does not break down these long-chain maltotriose sugars. Correct. We also need to know that there are three kinds of wine yeast. There are killers, there are neutral, and there are susceptible wine yeasts. And of the six that you mentioned for us, only one of them is a, a susceptible, and that's the 7-1-B. Mm-hmm. So he can be pitched directly. With beer yeast. With beer yeast and play fine right now. They can work together. Mm-hmm. So in that case, um, we wouldn't have to use something like Convertase, which would break down those complex sugars to maltotriose so that you could use wine yeast all by itself to ferment out a beer by putting Convertase into uh, the fermentation vessel. Exactly. Um, not into the mash because it actually will die at 104, so we wouldn't want to uh, heat it up and boil it. Yeah, you don't, you'll denature it at a yeah. higher temperature. So we'd want to put it in uh, fermentation. Which is really great because as you're fermenting down you literally can go on the absolute low end of that mm-hmm. so when you're when your ferment seems to be stopped you're checking the sugars you're like ah i went a little bit more do on the very low end add that to it do a little bit of a slight stir to it and you should see movement i mean it's pretty quick yeah you know okay. you see movement and you can actually then actually dial in how quick what terminal do you mean gravity is like, by doing that like right before our eyes or overnight what no, do you mean overnight yeah okay overnight gotcha okay so what he's talking about is you can put a little bit in there it'll use it up okay. and uh Ferment will go and ferment will stop. And you, if it's not quite dry enough, you add a little bit more and it uses up the enzyme. Okay. Yeah, and basically, you, enzyme is just a protein. So you and can titrate it down. Great. Yeah, and so the, the larger starches that are there, the sugars that aren't fermenting, if, I mean, it depends on the mash temp and how much present in the first place. So, say, like, just for sake of argument, say, like, you have, uh, I don't even know, like a crazy unit. Um, I don't know. Uh, say, like, you have, like, a 50 pound sack of starch, okay, just as a general thing. And you, you, this is the end, you're dealing with that, and you, the enzyme, and you're hitting it with, like, an eighth of a cup, you know, of enzyme to work with that. Well, that's going to do part of that reserve mm-hmm. of that, but it's not going to do the whole thing because every every time that that enzyme interacts with those starches, it, that that it uses itself up okay. as part of that chain reaction. It's boom, gone, boom, gone. So it's it depends on the amount of of the the larger sugars that are still present in the word and the amount that you're using. You okay. know, so you can kind of creep up on it. I mean, you can overdo it, and it will go dry, or you can just do it, you know, the equal amount, bit. and it will go dry. Or you can creep up on it and just do a little bit, little bit, little bit, and you can then basically dial in your terminal gravity that way. Perfect. Well, are there pitching rates for that as well? I mean, for instance, say I'm, i got a beer that's stuck at 1020. I know the beer should go down to 1012. Mm-hmm. So I know, what, I know what I've got in there, what mm-hmm. I want to consume. Is there a formula that can tell me how much to put into a certain volume? Yes, but then you have to be able to tell me uh, what is the exact percentage of those sugars. <laughs> what kind of sugars are in there? Yeah. <laughs> so that's why it's that range that you were saying. It ends up being from like 0. .08 to 2.8 or something. Right. Or, or, yeah. 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 And that's meals per, per gallon yeah. like once you break down the math. So uh, the way I would look at it is that, you know, I would go to, uh, if you want to kind of creep down on something, you know, I would just go on the low end and see. It's pre- It would be pretty straightforward to tell you. If you know on that low end, I'm adding, you know, 
know, like one mil, okay? And then my gravity was here. I added one mil, and after two days, I shifted to here. Yeah. That should be pretty consistent. Do your own science. That would be consistent, because yeah. every single beer will be its own environment. Okay. Yes. Great. And then if you didn't want to mess with the convertes and you didn't want to have to do that kind of math like I don't, uh, you could do a blend like Doc's going to do tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And so you split your, your uh, wort after the boil into mm-hmm. two carboys, and in one of them you put your beer yeast, and in the other one you put your wine yeast, and then you could blend them back because the wine yeast uh, carboy or uh, 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 conical, whatever you're using, is going to have residual sugar left in it. It's going to have maltotrio still in there. Yeah, most definitely. And so if you're thinking of it that way, then I would do I would then recommend doing a low mash temp, like 146, 148, to get as much fermentability as possible because uh, yeah. you know that you're not going to still get it on the other side you know, from the wine yeast. So that that one's as dry as possible in terms of residual sugar, yeah. your beer yeast. Yeah. It, okay. And you're looking at maybe 30% you know, on the wine yeast just to be safe up front. Okay. You know, the, cause, the low mash temp will actually help the wine yeast Okay. because yep. it's cutting things up into smaller bite-sized pieces for them. Exactly. Right. Out, of the, out of the whole... You know, mash. You got middle clips and end clips, you know, alpha and beta. Yeah. So the more you do that at the lower temperature, the more the wines could be able to tolerate. Okay. The wines could, and mm-hmm. uh, after it gets up to you know, a certain point, then it's going to stay at, at that uh, sweetness. Uh, gets at the wall. Yeah. Don't call me sweetness. Hey. Not on the air. <laughs> Okay, and that should get you started by brewing with wine yeast. And then just, uh, you know, uh, go back and listen. But uh, uh, Shade then actually described which characteristics could come off of each of those six wine yeasts. And you're talking about things like berry and cherry and peach and citrus and uh, some, uh, the triple one eight, you can get some real of the wine characteristics. Um, So go out and experiment with those things. I think that's a a pretty actually basic and, and, and simple way to start messing with wine yeast in your beer and uh if you want to also messing with blending your beer absolutely they go together yeah definitely they're natural the blending is mm-hmm. i like together. it i'm kind of excited about it. i uh, you know some topics t- to me that come in here are more exciting than others and even though this one is very technical and generally that puts me to sleep it's really exciting because it's a whole new i really like the idea of getting mouthfeel out of a yeast i really like the idea the idea of adding these complex fruit characteristics without putting fruit in my beer uh, that stuff's exciting to me. So yeah, it it, it is like it, it's a whole new it's a whole new realm. You know, just when you thought it was you were getting maybe complacent with the amount of different kind of stuff you could do. Yeah. Um. You know, I can't wait rut. till yeah. uh, Shat starts doing this stuff so that I can taste it. <laughs> really, this is what I'm getting at. In the pipeline. <laughs> Bet it is. Yeah. It's on the schedule. All right. How about this? Uh, quick break. So uh, thanks for being with us and uh, stick around. We're coming back with more. We'll be right back. Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Seven short minutes off California State Route 101, there lies a secret oasis for all craft beer lovers. It's relax, grilling, and chilling, bro! Relax, grilling, and chilling in Hollister, California is a craft beer lover's dream come true. Not like a creepy JP dream, like a normal craft beer lover's dream. 30 taps pouring your favorite craft beer. Visit Relax, Grilling, and Chillin' on Facebook to see the most up-to-date beers and what's on the grill. 
And let us grill so you can chill. Angus burgers, filet mignon, and ribeye steaks, dogs and sandwiches, and more. Great food, great beer, in a place where you can kick back and relax. Tuesdays are brewery nights. Come in to celebrate, and you're not limited to enjoying your favorite brew at the restaurant. Relax, grilling, and chilling has beer to go. Relax, grilling, and chilling. Let them grill so you can chill. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for every beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone Certification Program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerone's No Beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone Program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious. Cicerone are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. That's it. I've had it. I am never putting hops in my beer again. What? Why? It's just too ridiculous. Insane prices, stupid contracts, high shipping costs, crappy selection. Dude, you need Nico Brew. Nico Brew will rock your f***ing face right the f*** off your f***ing skull. $5 shipping to all 50 states, plus fantastic international rates get you low prices on Nico Brew's great selection of hops and more. Whether you're a home brewer, a pro brewer, or a homebrew shop owner, Nico Brew can get you the hops you need in increments big and small, single orders, spot buys, or full contracts. And there's only one place to join the uber-special Secret Elite Bare Bones Club where you'll get the best deals anywhere. Holy f***ing shit! NicoBrew.com N-I-K-O-B-R-E-W Nico Brew, your bare bones buddy in the brewing business. Are you a member of the American Homebrewers Association? Well, you should be. Members of the AHA can focus on brewing beer, and the AHA takes care of the rest. The American Homebrewers Association advocates on behalf of homebrewers like you to legalize the hobby in all 50 states and make sure that beer laws make sense. Plus, there are many great benefits that come with your AHA membership, like pub discounts that give you awesome deals at bars, restaurants, breweries, and more, Zymergy Magazine, and eZymergy. For tons of articles, how-tos, easy-to-follow recipes, and news about the hobby you love. And access to the members-only content on homebrewersassociation.org. But the AHA can't do it without your support. Join today so the American Homebrewers Association can keep fighting for your homebrewing rights. Visit homebrewersassociation.org or join right now from the homepage of the Brewing Network website. Relax. Don't worry. It's the American Homebrewers Association. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of their 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Their new Snaplock stainless steel camlock fittings will make connecting your pump or heat exchanger quick and easy. Or check out their exclusive paintball tank-based draft beer equipment. 
They even have their own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse their vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 4 p.m. Pacific Time weekdays ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. Another friendly reminder that you're listening to the best of the session. Now back to 2007. From Daniela's last appearance to Bevo's first. Or one of her first. In any case, the first real meltdown during which she was manning the phones. And girls, we're back. I'm gonna wrap things up here pretty quick. Simon was hanging out, talking pyramid with us. We're gonna finish the man's beer. Enjoy yourselves. So what? Eight eight four zero one beer. People skyping in right now. We got callers. We got chatters. Uh, we're gonna get out of here soon. So Jim. what's Doc doing? That he's not here. I don't even. I don't know. It was like super secret time. Yeah, sleeping off the other night. It maybe was that bar mitzvah he had to go to. The reason he couldn't oh, do November. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, which is a stupid reason. Yeah, f that guy. At least I was honest about my reason. Why didn't Chad do it? That's what I want to know. I am the oh, only friggin' brewcaster dude who's doing it with a set. Sam says he's doing it, but Sam could grow Sam, that, that thing for magic six marker. months and you still wouldn't know. You can't fool me. That's magic marker. Hey. All right. Hey, people, if you're calling in on Skype, you know, be patient. Sometimes I don't want to talk to you right away, and you're going to have to sit there. And then yeah. you're hanging up, and then someone else takes your place. Thor, what's happening? Are you there? Yeah, hey. Hey, what's going on? I just want to call in as drunk as the week. <laughs> He's as drunk as the week, he even yeah, says. I, I heard <laughs> strongest of the week. There was a whole uh, forum discussion just for the show I was reading about the requirements for who would get drunk of the week. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I read that one. Did you? Well, I'll tell you right now, so far, you sound, where are you calling from? Uh, Denmark, it's Tor, sorry. Oh, it's Tor. That's why I didn't uh, <laughs> Tor from Depp, what is it, like 4 a.m. there? Yeah, well, actually, it's 4.30, and I've been drinking for three days now. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, I got the day awesome. off tomorrow, so... Oh, that's great. Oh, I yeah. really need to get my drinks on. <laughs> and she who must be obeyed is not too pleased right now. She came in, when are you going to bed? I was like, hey, man, I'm listening to this show. I can't go to bed now. Yeah. Uh, well... When you're in, I'll be waiting. Tour, I think it's time for you to sleep now. No way. Yikes, exactly. This show is this show is still coming over the internet and I must listen to it now. Please go away. <laughs> <laughs> oh dude. You and got it. Have you been drinking homebrew for three days or commercial uh, brew? Uh well actually homebrews and commercial brews. There you go. I see. That's good. I like to mix it up myself. I can't believe you're talking to the Americans! <laughs> it's dirty well, Americans, you know, come I to like bed! The Americans, so. <laughs> she likes the Americans, is that what you said? No, I like them. Oh, you do? Well, I like you guys, so. <laughs> I appreciate it. Oh, the rest, I don't care about those. <laughs> that's good enough. Neither do we, for yeah. that matter. <laughs> True. If you're not in the studio, we hardly like you. Unless you donate. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what. We've gotten some pretty weak uh, drunk of the weeks for for the last uh, month or so, I'd say. Mm. 
Yeah. Uh, you're uh, you're you're on top of the list right now, my friend. I would agree. Uh, if things okay, keep up right well, now, I'll give you drunk of the month. Oh. <laughs> That sounds great. Well, I just want to <laughs> challenge Code because he was like, "Oh, like, oh yeah, I'll call him my strongest of the week, and I'll just, you know, okay, be all over you guys." And I was like, "Hell no!" Grod wants to be all over the guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> typical. I think Tour should be our new uh, one of our new co-hosts. Yeah, he should just hang out. <laughs> the the Denmark, uh, what do they call it? Uh, like an analyst or something? Yeah, you know, yeah. check in from Denmark. Denmark. How's the beer scene? I don't even know. <laughs> I haven't left my house in three days. <laughs> I haven't even blinked. I haven't drunk all the time. I don't know. Yeah, I'm so Wait, drunk I, I don't blink. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, brother. Well, you're at the top of the list right now. Okay. Thank you very much. All right. We'll see you, man. Thanks for calling. See ya. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. How much of that you think is the accent, though? You know, who cares? <laughs> oh, no, it's great. It's I, great. I give him points for that. Oh yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Style points. Especially because it's like Style points. There you go. It's like 4 a.m. over there. Yeah. Okay. He's a loyal listener, too. He listens all the time. Oh, and now we've got Gucci on the phone, who's oh, also hammered. God. Uh, Simon, this is the point in the show where, uh, you know. Yeah, our true colors yeah. shine through. We stop representing any companies that are joining us <laughs> on, the, on the program. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Simon's not actually here. That's a voice yeah. that we recorded earlier That's in, right. in the program yeah. in case we wanted to uh, continue speaking with him. Hey, Gooch, what's happening? Hi guys, what's up? <laughs> Gooch, Gooch turns gay when he's really drunk. Uh, apparently, yeah. <laughs> guys, I just I just got back from Belgium. It's crazy. I'm all wasted off of all this Belgian beer. It's it's all crazy. <laughs> it doesn't even sound like Gucci. It sounds like an 18 year old uh, Gucci. <laughs> you know, all this wild yeast. It's just it's just making me all wild. <laughs> I'm uh, infected. I'm infected. Yeah. Now we're on a different topic. Yeah. All right, Gooch. I don't know. I'm not sure about this one. I say no. I don't even think it's Gooch. Uh, Gooch I is, think you're right. Gooch is a lot angrier when he's drunk than you are. I think you're right. Yeah. And we've been called bitches at least once by now. This is no remorse. I'm going to win drunk bitch of the week again. Oh, bitch of the Gooch. week. Yeah, that was another thing. I couldn't remember that. No remorse posted in the forum that we gave some. We gave him an award for bitch of the week. We did. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember doing that. B Richard Seven Hundred is my brother. He won drunk of the week, and I won bitch of the week for. Uh, remember, I was at the Red Hook tour, and they they kind of. Oh, oh, oh my god, that's right. You were yeah. on, uh, on that tour. Can I go out with one comment? Go ahead. Seven minutes of ridiculous hardness. <laughs> And thank, thank you, you, sir. <laughs> Later. Later. <laughs> I think that's Bevo's new quote. Yeah. <laughs> Sam, you got a lot to live up to in February. <laughs> Seven, Seven minutes, minutes of ridiculous, ridiculous hardness. Yeah. I love it. Seven minutes hardness. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm being asked, um, one of our listeners uh, named Madtown. Madtown. If he sends us a Home Depot gift card, will we install a stripper pole? Yes. Absolutely, unequivocally, yes. yes. Uh, done. It immediately. The day we get the, the Home Depot card. I told Doc already I no. want a stripper pole. So, yes. Yes, and did I say Why? yes? Why? So you guys can get drunk and dance on it? Because no girls are going to come in here and take their clothes off for you. That's I, what I've said. I don't care. It's just if for a. Well, are you gonna do it? No. A. Oh, well, it's fun to have. You put the pole and in, they B, will come. And B. Occasionally, 
our chat moderators have a little too much to drink, like when we do high gravity shows, and uh, like we have our Christmas beer show coming up. Yeah. Guess what, Bevo? <laughs> You'll be all over that stripper pole within you minutes. So, uh, do you think Home Depot has like the Home Depot services where they do, you know, windows, cabinets, stripper poles? <laughs> it's highly likely. I'm sure the demand is there. Yes. Uh, oh yeah. yeah. Hey McDole, someone asked when are we going to be able to get the long shot beers? Uh, about the middle of February. Middle of February. Yeah, right. That's what I've heard. Too. But you'll hear it here first, of course. Oh, but of course. Release party. Yeah. Type me that, please, Bevo, so I know who we're talking to. We'll have to do an on-air tasting. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We'll do an on, on-air release party. There you go. Yeah. Simon left when we started yeah, I know. You know that, too. Yeah, he's like, uh, I think you got a little uncomfortable. Uh, it it uh, happens. It's out of my league yeah. now. Hey, Sam, give me a beer, would you please? Oh. Hey, squirrel right boy. He's right there, dude. What do you think I am? Did you uh, go find us a little squirrel? We're, we're not going to... This isn't going to drag out. We're actually getting out of here real quick, everybody. So yeah, if you, you don't have any questions, uh, you know... Or, you know, get them in now or forever hold your peace. Are I'm you like writing f- me a novel over there, Bevo? Can I know who's on the telephone? Fine, I'll just tell you. It's Bub with Thank the Movember update. Oh. Oh. How, how long does it take you to write that? I type like a five-year-old. Be nice. <laughs> what, snot on your hands? Yes. <laughs> hey, Boob, what's happening? Oh, man, I'm stuck at work. Yeah. Working all day, but uh, how's, how's the mo going, JP? It's 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 creepy. I don't like it. He looks creepy. I don't like mine either. It's so sick. <laughs> looks like I need to be on Megan's Law website. Yeah, you got to update yours for us, Boob. I thought you were already on her. <laughs> oh. oh, I was uh, I was gonna update it, but I was I was actually quite ill the other day, so I didn't get a chance to do it. And now you're gonna take the forums down and. Uh... Yeah, they'll be down for two days, so you got to post like ASAP. Uh, I think Jip's in a creepy kind of way looks pretty good. I think you should keep it, JP. No, 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 no. No. I made the mistake of trimming too early. Oh, you, you can't know? trim? I thought you can't trim. I thought you have to let it go. No, no, like, you know, shaping it. Oh. Oh, okay. You know, because I let, you know, it all just grow in and then like... It's like a bonsai tree. I, yeah. I shaved it down into a mustache. Yeah. It wasn't really thick enough to get it right, so it's like a little uneven, so it's even creepier than normal. I see. Hey, Dresselbrew, I see on the line there. Hang on a second. Let's wait till the bub timer goes off and, and you can go. No, I can't I can't uh, leave it. I'm on the market. Like I said, I got to get my, my little goat back and my whole deal. What do you mean you're on the market? I'm on the market. Are you? Yeah. What does that mean? You're on the prowl? Yeah. On the San Francisco meat market? Yeah. <laughs> and which market are you on? The NASDAQ? Stinky fish market. Yeah, the fish market. Yeah. Oh, the stinky fish market. <laughs> oh, Sam. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, I would have expected that out of Doc, but Sam. I think we need a Sam timer now. <laughs> I think Sam can be... Uh, sorry, you got to go, Bob. I think that uh, Sam can be Doc's sort of creepy comment fill-in. <laughs> you know? I'll show you. I've been practicing. I've been practicing. Dressel Brew, what's happening? Hey, I just wanted to make sure my Skype was working. Oh, great. Uh, yeah. Your <laughs> hey, Skype. Test it somewhere else. Your Skype works fine, jerk. <laughs> That'll be nine ninety five for that test. Yeah. You said Oh, thank you. Clear as a bell. We'll see you later. Oh. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Later. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what a jerk. I hate it when people do that. Let's make sure it's working. Come check out that donate now button. See if that's working. <laughs> yeah, thanks, McDowell. Yeah. yeah, you want to test and hey, why don't you see if your PayPal account is working? <laughs> Dopes. 
All right. What do we got going on next week? Um, I'll just take it, Bevo. That's all right. You take an hour to give me the message. I'm just answer it. <laughs> but you're doing a great job of it, of your hour that you take. Caller, who are we talking to? Hey, what's, hey, what's up? <laughs> oh, is this, is this uh, JP? Yeah, I, yeah, I just um, hey, I noticed I didn't have a whole lot of bars on my phone, and I just wanted to make sure that uh, I could you know, still get through. I haven't gotten yeah. a phone call in a couple hours, so. Yeah. No, your phone's working great, JP. Cool, thanks, cool, thanks man. Yeah, thanks. All right. Later. <laughs> what was up with that guy? <laughs> that call was weird. He was breathing kind of weird, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> A bunch of jerks. <laughs> Next week we got Shipyard Brewing Company in here. Oh, uh, the pumpkin! Uh, yeah. The pumpkin! I'm sure they. I wonder if they big they, brewery too. If they cared. That's that's all we know them as is the pumpkin, pumpkin. beer guys. Uh, I know them as other things. What, what do I, they do? They're a big brewing company. Oh, okay. Back there. Cool, man. <laughs> <laughs> back like back like back over there. Yeah. Where they're. Uh, that's where not they're me. Out by the way. Uh, Phil, you're on the line. What's happening? <laughs> Is this Phil from Brazil? Yeah, that's me. Hey, turn, hey, turn your radio down in the back there, would you? It's international. Hey, uh, what's happening, brother? I just want to say fuck the Indian beer geek. Because he never participates in it. <laughs> and he gets all the credit. I like that the foreigners are now angry at <laughs> yeah. the other foreigners. Participates in what? He's like, hey. If, Foreign war. If you want to be a foreigner listens to the VN, you have to participate. Uh, and, you're and, and also I would like to say that uh, me and some, like, three or four other guys here in Brazil, we just founded the uh, uh, Sao Paulo's first homebrew club. Oh, nice. hey, good work. Good all on right, you. Right. Fantastic, man. And, uh... I was wondering where Jamil is because I need some uh, information about, um, you know, holding a competition and all. Ah, right. Um, well, right now Jamil's sitting in his lazy boy. Uh, most likely his shorts are around his ankles. <laughs> and uh, he's just hanging out yeah. at home. You he's know? playing with things that look similar to a baby bird. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Um, you should send, actually, Doc an, an email, and he'll, he'll point you in the right direction. Just go doc at thebrewingnetwork.com. Uh, he'll okay, help you. Okay, we're planning on having a competition later in uh, maybe May or June. I don't know. Hey, Doc, are you on the phone there? Yeah. Hey, Doc's hey. on the line with us right Here's now. some German. How about that? <laughs> hey, Doc. Hey, Doc, how do you get this chair to go down? It's way up. I feel like I'm sitting in a high chair. <laughs> yeah, hey, Doc, uh, tell me if this sounds familiar to you, okay? <laughs> Ready? Justin Bobitsu. You did make me a big con. Roofing me. Juice. Do you remember doing that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know what time it was, but at some point last night, you left me some weird drunken message. Uh, hey, Phil. Yeah, send Doc an email. He'll help you out, brother. Thank you. Yeah. All right, later. Uh, Doc, what's? Aren't you like? You're not even in Germany, aren't you? In like San Diego or something? <laughs> yeah. He's on fire. Yeah, Shiza for not being in Germany. I like how we dumped a guy calling in from Brazil to talk to Doc. To Doc. Yeah. Why are you? Why are you not here? Is this was this the bar mitzvah? Yeah. Yeah. Now I see why you're very German today. <laughs> Too much uh, Jewish influence. You got to go German. Where's Big Tim? For, I got. A, I got a question for you guys. Hey, is this Big Tim? No. Yeah, it is. That's Big Tim. That's Doc's brother, Big Tim, right there. All right, go ahead. 
Guess who this is? <laughs> I don't know. Oh. It, I have the same Small initials team. as you. Jesus Christ. Uh, wow, Jesus. First time on the air. Welcome. All right. So I guess I wasn't done. Well, oh, that's too bad. No, it was no remorse. You're doing a terrible job at screening calls. <laughs> Dude, it sounded... Shut up. You're supposed to tell me, like, he says he's Doc, but I don't think it's Doc. I thought it was Doc. How many times do you talk to Doc? This is what Doc sounds like. <laughs> Justin Bobitsu. I thought this... Ruben me. I thought it was Doc, too. Actually, every time he said Doc, yeah. I was yeah. like, yeah, that sounds like Doc to yeah. me. <laughs> but he was carrying on a little too far, and I don't think Doc would have gone that far, but... Yeah. Everything go okay with our guests, chat? Great. Simon was cool. Simon's yeah. a fun guy. Yeah. It, pyramid there. Yeah, I think he was a little unsure, but uh, he warmed up pretty quick, man. And he, they always are yeah. unsure. You know, you come into here, it's yeah. like uh, the devil's yeah. den. You don't know if you're going to get interviewed or skinned. You never <laughs> you never can tell. I feel like I'm missing some announcements or something, but uh, don't worry, Bebo. I'll, I'll get in. You relax. You relax. Heaven forbid I get the call wrong. <laughs> Relax your pretty little fingers over there, Bebo. <laughs> Maybe you should go drive a deuce or something. <laughs> you know, it's the first time... And blame it on me. Uh, another deuce. It's the first time Bebo's been in the chat and worn a shirt with you. cleavage. Really? Yeah. I didn't even notice. Oh, yeah. I like that. Bebo, you have a cleavage shirt on? Yeah. Not really. I didn't even Not see really. That. Hey, Plus caller. Who are we talking to? I'm staring at my cleavage. <laughs> caller. Let Hello? me see him. Hey. What's happening? Hey, this is Yenzer. How you doing? Yenzer. What's going on, brother? Well, I got a personal dilemma on two two fronts. You okay. Want to hear both of them. All right. Go ahead. Well, the first thing is I live in Pittsburgh, and the Steelers play Cleveland, but I was more worried about um, Simon winning on the um, Iron Chef. Okay. Is that bad. Is that uh, bad. Well, yes. it's a little feminine. No, but, but it's but it's the Iron Chef, but not bad. So it's it's okay. pretty manly, dude. Yeah. All right. So no. Okay. Hey, you still have hope for me? I still have hope. Yeah, you're okay oh, there. Yeah. I'll give you that. Oh yeah. The second thing and more important is there's a, a, a brew pub or brewer that opened up, and everybody was really waiting for his beer, and I kind of think it's pretty bad. If I send you some, would you give me like an honest opinion? <laughs> Okay, let me recap that and make sure I heard it right, because for one, I stopped paying attention. Uh, but two, uh, there's a brew pub about to open up, and you want to send me some of his beer before he opens up? No, they already opened up. It's a brewery. Ah. And he already opened up, and everybody was, like, really anticipating. And myself and some other people didn't think it was all that good. So it's kind of like a dilemma, because I know he could, you know, brew better than I could, but it's not working. So, in other words, he just opened up, and you think the beer is shit? Well, yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I'll tell you what. Send go ahead, McDowell. Well, is this like his first or second batch on this uh, new out of this new brewery? Well, it's his very it's his very first batch. I just think he's been too aggressive on what this he's like, oh, This is down in Southern California. Are they doing the uh, Belgian beers? No, it's oh. not PA. Okay. PA. Okay. Well. I'm with your line of questioning already, McDole, yeah, because I mean, it's kind of just hard. like a home brewer who sure. up to upgrades his system, right. it's tough. Uh, Here's my thing. I, I mean, I'd certainly be willing to try it and tell you if you're right or not. You know, and Doc can try it and everything so that the opinion counts, uh, whether or not it's good or bad. But I can't, I, I don't want to bash the guy on the yeah, air. Yeah, that, that's the thing. Yeah. I don't want to be like too public anything more than it is now. 
And the other thing is, I'd hate it if we tasted it, and even if we didn't say the name, I wouldn't really like want you to go back to the brewery and say, hey, here's these guys agreeing with me that your beer sucks balls. So right. Right. Uh, um, I'll tell you what. How about this? Especially since it's the first batch. Why don't you give them a little time? Give them like a month. And then, and if it continues to be poor... Then I got no problem saying it's bad beer. You see what I mean? Because if it's bad beer, well, then sure, there's nothing wrong with talking about that. Honesty is the best policy. But uh, let's give him a ch- let's let's give him a chance. You know, yeah. maybe he's just getting settled in. So okay. drink more of it so it goes away faster, and you'll he'll try yeah, it. exactly. <laughs> uh, let's wait on that, and then call us back and let us know. I mean, I'd love to hear you call back and say, you know what, things are going great now. The, yeah. the beer's awesome. Uh, yeah, I hope it will. And if not, uh, you could say that too, and then we'll try it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it has some good qualities about me to call in and be an idiot. So. Like it's it's Please. wet and cold and has alcohol in it? Yeah. yeah. No, the alcohol is really well hidden. Oh, good. Yeah, it's up there, so. All right. Well, yeah, okay. Let's give him some time and then let us know. Okay. All right, brother. Later. Later. Bye. All right, very good. Uh, what else? Lots of calls coming in, everybody, so uh, get them in now because we're getting out of here. Did I say that already? Mm-hmm. That we're getting out of here? Yeah. yeah. Who's buying this pizza? That's a question. Uh, we have dinner, actually. We're going to make dinner. Really? Yeah. We, uh, PB&J. Things to make. <laughs> Brian's on the line. What's happening, brother? You're on Skype. This is your Captain B. Richard 700. B. Flying in my little airplane above Pacheco, California. Yeah. <laughs> Can you see my uh, little house? There it is. Kind of does sound like he's in an airplane, doesn't Drop it? a bomb. Yeah. Can, like, hear, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of dropping bombs. Drop the toilets. <laughs> I <hate> Bebo. You. <laughs> I'm going to drop a bomb like Bebo. Oh! Bebo bomb. You wish oh. you couldn't oh. even I see to it. that in the next push and spend <laughs> rap. I'm, I'm dropping bombs Bebo. like Bevo. <laughs> yeah. Millions will die. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. Yeah. Have I mentioned that? Oh, I love it. Six people die in slow, painful death. <laughs> Lack of oxygen. I got it already, Bevo. You don't have to answer. You can just hang <laughs> I'm just kidding, Bevo. Whatever. We all do it. We all do it. I'm uh, doing it right now. <laughs> oh, man. In the airplane? Yeah, right Stay inside there. the house for a few minutes. All right, brother. Is that all? <laughs> yeah. Thank you for the call. That's See you later. All. Callers uh, coming in all over the place here. I don't even know what to do with myself. There's a little song for you, Bevo. I just picked it out. It's, it's called Bomb Track. Yeah, Bomb Track. <laughs> and it's one of my favorites, actually. Good song. Caller, I see you on the phone there. Hang in there. Let's just get to the... Let's get to the bomb track first. <laughs> We're gonna, this is your theme song now, Bevo. Oh, Every it's time ramping you up, man. Yeah. I don't need your callers throwing me into the bus. I will bring the beer in. Don't right. worry. 
Well, I told him to give you a chance. All right, I appreciate that. Just stick it up for you, man. Hey, Sully, someone brought up a good point. What did you have to do today that you couldn't be here, but you could be at your home listening to the show and calling in not once but twice? Nap. <laughs> well, you know the funny thing is, uh, J- is this JP? Yeah. Oh, you're still on the show. Um, oh, oh, yeah, sir. very nice. I just had made plans, and I'm executing those plans right now, and we have you on in the background. So it's almost like you're having dinner with us right now. Oh, great. Except I've never been invited to have dinner with you. He's executing his plans right now. Uh alone. We're not going to see Stephanie ever again. (laughs) He's in the process of chopping her face off right now. I've taken her skin off and I'm making a dress. Yeah. Thanks, Sully. her brain. All right, brother. Ow! All right. We got to go, huh? He's been chipper. Sully? Days. Yeah. Happy. Well, he's healthy. He's gonna yeah. He's going <laughs> to live. Yeah. You'd be happy, too, if you found out you were going to live. Yeah, after I get get a monkey heart transplant or some whatever the hell happened to him. I think that's exactly what happened. He had to have a monkey liver put in. <laughs> Don't worry, Diva. We haven't forgotten about you. <laughs> everybody next week uh, shipyard brewing company books podcasts and shirts all available in the brewing network store and every time you help us uh, it helps us help you so we appreciate it uh just hit the store button on our home page uh the jameel signed books are gone but the ones that were bought are shipping hang in there you'll get them buy brew your own magazine by clicking that link right there on our uh, homepage. It's a rotating banner, so just refresh it. It's a big, red, flashing, bright banner that says Brew Your Own Magazine. And it's a great magazine, and every time you order that, it also helps us, too, and, and, and we appreciate it. So uh, it's kind of a, a two-way street there. Click the ads that rhyme with frugal, because that's free to you. Also helps us. All things that keep us rolling around here. So, uh, you know, you can do all of that, and uh, we would appreciate it. And... Uh, Last and certainly not least, you know, you need to visit and and shop from our sponsors. Uh, You've heard them at the breaks there. And they're all the ones that uh, really, really make this thing happen. They support us day in and day out. Good shows and bad, vulgarity or not, JP or not. Uh, they don't care. They support us all the way through. I prefer yes, not not. <laughs> so, you know, we're talking about all those guys you hear at the breaks and that we mention all the time, and you really need to visit our sponsors, Northern Brewer, Beer, Beer, and More Beer, DIY Brewing Company, uh, Valley Brewing Company, the 21st Amendment, White Labs Yeast Company, all these guys who, uh, you know, really bring it together for you. So please uh, visit our sponsors. Tell them uh, that you're happy they're helping us out. And, you know, buy shit from them. Yeah. That's always uh, good, too. Uh, Dressel, Brew, didn't I already take this phone call? No, earlier you did. I see. Uh, go on. on. Let me say something. I just want to say, you know, the Brewing Network gave me a new love for home brewing. Justin, you're doing a great job. Hey, thank you. Even you, JP. Yeah, thanks, thanks, buddy. I love you. I want to hug you. with it. Don't quit on us. Come on. Yeah, Bevo, don't quit. in the chat room. And, and I have mean. a question for you. When, when are you going to have someone uh, talking about hops on the show? Uh, I know it's a big topic right now. You know, we were actually working on it for next weekend. It's gotten postponed, but here's what we've got. I okay. think it's actually going to happen the weekend uh, after Thanksgiving weekend. I talked to Ralph over at Hop Union. He's totally down right to do it. He's in. I'll give you a little insight right now. Oh. He's over in Germany right now trying to, to find more hops. He's there, uh, as we speak, finding hops to bring back home. So that's why he couldn't be on earlier. So it looks like he'll be on the Sunday after, uh, not the weekend of Thanksgiving, not that Sunday, but the one after that. So what's that, like first first Sunday in December or something? 
Do we have Perfect. a show on Thanksgiving? Uh, we don't have a show on on that Thanksgiving Sunday. We're off. Um, but yeah, so you and not only are we going to have Ralph, but I think we're going to have the guys uh, from what's the malt company? Brewers Supply Group. Brewers Supply Group. So we're going to talk hop shortage and malt shortage all in the same show. So. Ouch! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Put it together for you. Yeah, but we're also right. going to try to include like how you can uh, you know use the hops that are available because there's a bunch of strains of hops that uh, no one gives a shit about that are are plentiful. Oh, so we're going to talk about how you can use those and substitute hops and different things. So uh, I, I'm actually excited about. It. I think it's going to be a good show. So hang in there, dresser. All right. All right. Thanks, man. Later. All right, wait. Uh, caller, you're on the air. What's happening? Doc. Oh, there's the real Doc. Oh. See. Really? Oh, snap. You see, now, Bevo, listen. Sorry, Doc. That's the real Doc. Hey, how are you? Uh, good, how are you? Pretty good. Did you hear yourself earlier? <laughs> uh, no. Right. Oh, wait. Was that just like a minute ago? Yeah. Tell me uh, if this... Uh, several tell, minutes ago. Tell me if this rings a bell to you, Doc. All right, you ready? There you go. Justin Bovistu. You did me the con. Roofing me. Juice. <laughs> Does that ring a bell, Doc? Oh, man, I was hammered by that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I missed your call last night, but you left me a nice message. Yeah. When I was I t- thinking, with, thinking with Big Tim. Ah, the brother Big Tim. When uh, by we the time the Hen- we're at Henry and Harry's Goat Hill Tavern. They have 143 taps. Wow. Where oh, is? Yeah. How many did you make it through? Yeah. Oh, Oh, then we started hitting scotch. So. Oh, oh man, it went, dude went down fast. <laughs> By the time I spoke to Doc, he was uh, he he couldn't really talk to me because he was quote. Surrounded by big-breasted lesbians, <laughs> <laughs> and he said, "Can I call you back when it's not so loud, and I'm not surrounded by so many big-breasted lesbians?" <laughs> so, where are all these bars at? Where are you talking about? San Diego. Uh, the the bar that's in Costa Mesa, like towards Newport Beach. Been uh, there forever. Okay. Been there probably fifty, sixty years at least. I see. I forgot until you left me the drunken message last night that you weren't going to be on the show today. <laughs> I totally forgot. And I got that message, and he's tell you're telling me there was another message where you tell me you're with Big Tim, your brother. And I'm going, wait a minute, out drinking with Big Tim. I don't think Doc's going to be here tomorrow. <laughs> So. I told you a long time ago. I know. I had it written on my calendar. I just didn't even look. So McDole has been um, actually filling your shoes. Yeah, Doc, how do you get this seat to go down? Uh, it's, it's up so high. My, my head's on the ceiling. I got it ratched up there all the way to the top. Yeah, I got so it down over the bench. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were tired of just seeing the top of Doc's head over the table. Because, you know, he, he's just a little guy, Mike. Yeah. yeah you know. Oh, that's it. Oh, I didn't. Uh, that's right. You're, you're probably yeah. right. Are Doc, you, Doc, did, did you bring your little shot glass from Zymergist? to go, you know, to, to have people fill up there? <laughs> no, actually, I left that there in the studio in case I need it. Yeah, I washed it for you. I used a little bit of soap and a tiny sponge. <laughs> 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 You're back with us next week, eh? Oh, yeah, I'll be there. Was this the Bar Mitzvah weekend? Yes, it was. Yeah, how did that go? Well, like did you expect. <laughs> did, you wear a, did you wear a yarmulke? No, I forgot. I, I actually have a, a tie-dyed yarmulke, but I forgot it. <laughs> oh. Leave it to Doc. <laughs> a tie-dyed yarmulke. What a jerk. <laughs> so technically, you could pick up Movember on uh, day eleven. Doc, yeah, Doc could he could start growing that thing, and he could just smoke everybody. He could still by the pass end of November, everyone, dude. You know, 
I'll hit the wife up with that. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Doc. When are you coming home? Uh, tomorrow. Not soon enough. Yeah. But tomorrow. Uh, you ready to get out of there, huh? Oh, yeah. I, I could have gone home today if I really yeah. would have got what I wanted, but nope. Yeah. All right. Well, hurry back. I hate doing shows without you, Doc. You know that. Yeah, I... I, I, I I had to miss it, and I'm sad. All right. So we'll see you next week. we got Shipyard Brewing Company on with us next week. Oh, cool. Yeah, so it's going to be a fun show. Uh, Although, uh, I know how you like in-studio guests, and uh, you're getting all the phone call guests, because we had in-studio tonight. Oh, that's not good. Yeah, you're back to phone calls tomorrow, or next week anyway. Thanks a lot, man. Yeah, anytime. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to thank Chad for that. You can yeah, thank Chad. Chad, you <laughs> jerk. Send him a letter. Someone didn't look at the calendar before you booked a guest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. All right, brother. All right, have a good one. You too. We'll see you. See you. The good doctor. i got to make another appointment. i got to notice I'm late for my dental appointment. I haven't had one in like two years. i got to go back. Oh, Jip, you got to get in there, man. Yeah. You're covered. No, uh, yeah. Ish. Not for surgery, though. You got to go in and have surgery. Well, I need to get my molars out, but it's two grand. And I you don't mean have your wisdom teeth? My wisdom teeth. Yeah, I don't have two grand. No, yeah. So I'm kind of. How come that's not covered? You want me to talk to somebody? Yeah, talk to Chris. Talk to Chris. <laughs> come, I'm always offering to talk to somebody. Like anybody gives a shit. Hey, Chris. <laughs> it makes you like feel the, good. You like the Godfather? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let me talk to. Him. I'll talk to somebody. I will make him an offer. <laughs> can't him refuse. Caller, who are we talking to? Oh, this is Casey. Casey, Casey. what's going on, brother? Is this, hey, uh, I'm calling in because Jesus Christ, the chat room is acting like a bunch of six-year-olds have seen the first set of titties. Really? Yo, gee, man, the way they talk to people, I have to say, man, you guys got to give some respect, you know? Oh. We, none of us want JP back. No, true <laughs> that. True that. There you go. Bevo, you can't yes. let that happen. you got to put the smack down. They're not that you gotta, bad. you got to punt They're them. They're not bad. They're not bad, but come on, man. I mean, fucking A. They're all bitching. Oh, you know, we got JP. It's all a dick fest in the chat room, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then they get a chick in the room, and then they don't do nothing but talk shit. <laughs> they do talk a lot of shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of the nature of that. Place. Someone has to emerge the alpha male at the but end of each show. But I don't want to be mean because I think they're going to be more mean back. No, no, no. no. Very non-confrontational. I've showed you, yeah, but no, I've shown you, you know, the controls. I'm some shit now, too, you know what I mean? Yeah, don't worry about that. Uh, we'll get you back. You know what, Bevo? And can I just say the pooping song did not help. <laughs> do they like the bomb track? Bomb track. I mean, uh, the bomb track's pretty good. I don't see it's why they the bomb, like it. dude. Uh, you know? I hate you. Well, I think my, ma- my main point really is that we just don't want JP back. <laughs> and he I'm makes, not going anywhere. And yeah. Casey makes a good point. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to be back. Do you think I want to talk to you jerks? No, Bebo, you got to put the you got to be firm in there. They'll listen to you. They listen to They're being nice. They're saying they love me right now. All right. Right. Casey, yeah. I appreciate right the update. Someone's got to let me know because I don't, I can't see what's going on in there. And and Bevo's new, so she's got to yeah, know. Exactly. Well, and, and like I said, you know, the main point really is we just don't want JP back. Uh, 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 <laughs> yeah, let's uh, let's make sure we reiterate <laughs> the. Hey, did you change? Reiterate. Did you change your avatar yet? No, 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 no. Yeah. Well, you know you love the nipples. Oh, yeah. All right, that's right. You, that's why I stopped you're, this you're conversation. You're the only one who talks about it. I know, because it's in my face. Thanks, Casey. <laughs> Later. What, do you got, like, a six-foot-tall cutout picture of it? Yes. I want to cut them off and make earrings out of them. Sorry, it's getting a little too uh, creepy for me. <laughs> I'm going to turn you on. All I want is the bomb track. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> no. I really got to plug this in so that every time you walk into the room, this is all we hear. Bevo, now known as the 
Deuce Lane chat mod. <laughs> Deuce. Dropping fatties. Last caller. What's happening? Caller. Hello, hello. Hey, yo. What's happening, brother? What's up? This is Bad Rock. Hey, Bad what's Rock. What's up, buddy? What's going on, man? Oh, what? I got a couple things. Where the hell's the meat, man? Uh, I got it swinging, pal. Yeah. I don't really no, know. No, no. You got to get the meat up before you go crashing servers and all that hunky bullshit you're doing. I'm not really sure what you're talking about. The, the meat archive, man. What do you... What? What is the meat? The lunch meat. Lunch what? meat? Dude, it's friggin' Sunday night. We're talking about lunch right now. I haven't had lunch in weeks. Yeah. Rich people can afford lunch. Yeah. Are you talking about the mythical creatures? The uh, mythical creatures. Unicorn man. and the Tell rainbow? Me. Yes, the, the unicorn and the rainbow. we got to have the meat, man. This yeah. army is dying. Nothing I can do about that. It's. Uh, we need. I'm telling you, we need a meat flag. They. Those archives have a mind of their own. I got nothing to do with it. Huh. Huh. Weird. <laughs> Weird how that huh. works. Huh. huh. Yeah. And uh, the, the other uh, other thing I had to say is uh, the wife could so outfit your studio with a uh, stripper pole. That's really? I think it'd be great. She but sells stripper poles too. She sells sells stripper poles. But Badrock, can, can she can she uh, outfit us with the strippers to go with said stripper pole? Uh, you know, that she probably could. She's pretty slick, man. So just to wrap you guys up, you don't know what we're talking about. So Badrock's wife, uh, a.k.a. Vanna One, she did some Vanna White action for us at the GABF this year. We do the Beer Jeopardy game. It's very innocent and a uh, beautiful woman uh, pulling off the numbers for us and showing us. She's in the chat room. There was also a Vanna number two, the mysterious Vanna number two. And if I'm not misquoting the forum, there are apparently naked pictures of Vanna number two out there. That's true. That's what I've heard. There, there are some them. photos floating around our uh, PTS. I haven't seen them. That's all I want. <laughs> I'm just making a note that I haven't seen them. Picks for Jamil's book. Mm. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that's like a, a bartering point there. <laughs> and I have an extra copy of Jamil's book, and I offered it for naked pictures. Huh. All right, got to clean this show up. Thanks, Bad Rock. All right, brother. Later. Huh. we got to go before it just gets out of control in here. Pretty soon Sam's showing his breasts. Oh, I'll do that and, uh, <laughs> for a dollar. Uh, you never want that. Come on. I'm saying, that just gets up. Just I want dollar. that. All right, I everybody. Like, I like Sam's breasts. Stay tuned to the BN. I got some beer songs I'm going to play for you for the next hour. They're just kind of hanging out in there if you uh, want to have another beer and enjoy yourself some beer tunes. Otherwise, uh, some archives will be playing later on. What are you angry about, Jamie? Where's our exit song? This is it. Willie Nelson. Oh. We changed it last we didn't week. Change it. No, we n- did change not, it. No, we, we did not. Changed we it. did not officially change it. No, I, it was an exception that I made to play "Bubbles in My Beer" first. This is our exit song. I'm leaving, and it always has been. I'm leaving, and I'm proud of it. I'm taking my cans, and so are the listeners. However, directly following this song is a little Willie Nelson oh. "Bubbles in My Beer." Well, let me plug in. I'm going to stay. Yeah. See. You want me to diss the man who... I mean, this this is our tune. This is our identity here. Look, stop. Maybe I'll go poop <laughs> in your bathroom. In your bathroom. Thanks yeah. again to Pyramid. You can go to PyramidBrew.com and a great brewery. You can find them in all sorts of places. And a lot of fun to have Simon hanging out that with us. That was a lot of fun. He's a good dude. Now, we're going to go finish off his snow cap right now. Also, the Imperial Hefeweizen. Uh, I think Sam's going to finish most of that. Oh, I will. He's a heffy guy. I'm a heffy guy. All right, everybody. Uh, appreciate the fun. Beavis, thank you. You, you did a great job today. Yeah. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> play the, play the bomb track. like that. <laughs> well, I'll see you next week. Bye.